It is Free Talk Live, and you are free to call in and talk live. That's what we do here on Free Talk Live. We make it easy for you. All you have to do, whatever that pressing issue is that you're thinking about that's uh, that's that's cluttering up your, your brain, call in. Talk about it. It's Mark with you. Melanie. And Aria. Uh, Aria, welcome to the air here on Free Talk Live. How would people know you? you? Um, presumably from Call to Freedom. Yeah, Call to Freedom. You do a show just before Free Talk Live here on the air. Correct. Monday through Friday. Tell us about Call to Freedom a little bit. Uh, well, it's been a bit directionless lately since Will left the show uh, unofficially. So, I mean, it used to be a Muslim show, interestingly. Mm-hmm. Now it's run entirely by atheists. <laughs> no religious people on the show. So, I mean, it's kind of directionless. Um. It but was it's, brought to uh, my attention. Of, it's got a direction. It's a libertarian show. True. Yeah. That's true. But so, it's been brought to my attention that every single person on the show is some type of LGBT. So that's probably an angle we're going to work on it in the near future. All right. That should be interesting once the uh, LGBT or whatever, the queer folks, find out that the show exists, then they'll come, they'll listen, they'll be outraged that your opinions <laughs> do not fit the uh, mainstream uh, queer opinion, and then what do you do? I continue doing what I do. I see. There was sure. a show called Flaming Freedom at one point that was uh, somewhat similar. Was but- that the one they did naked? Well, at one, at one point, I, I think, think they okay. did Anarchy After Dark, naked or quasi naked, a lot of the time. Oh my! <laughs> <laughs> Anything after ten p.m. p.m. apparently is done naked. <laughs> yeah, not free talk live. Thank goodness. You're not after ten p.m. <laughs> That's right. So uh, anyway, welcome here, uh, Aria. Thank you. And. I have a news story, which I I found interesting. I think people always want to know this, is the places where the disparity between men and women in quantity exists. Right When I was a young man, I always wanted to know where are the places where there are more women than men. And every once in a while, you'll hear this story. Like, I don't know, be it Iceland or Peru or wherever it is that they've picked. They've got like... Six women to every man or eight women to every man. That's a nice ratio. Gentlemen, when you hear this story, (laughs) it's wrong. Okay? Like, there's no place on the planet that isn't completely ravaged by war and aliens came along and sucked up all the men um, that you have that kind of ratio. I mean, that's that's incredible. But, uh, you know, I mean, sometimes the the odds can be stacked in your favor a little bit. And here, the news.com.au, so coming out of Australia, claims that, yes, it's true. Australia is experiencing a man drought. It's not all in your head. Australia is experiencing a man drought, and these are the areas that are worst affected. So where should you go if you want to find a bow? If you've been feeling a little loneliness, uh, lonelier than usual and wondering if all the men have disappeared, the good news is... It's not all in your head. The bad news is, you're right. The men have disappeared. Six out of Australia's eight states and territories are currently experiencing a man drought, according to 
McCrindle research. And there are almost 100,000 more women than men. The man drought is a demographic reality, says uh, Mark Crindle, presumably McCrindle, Mark McCrindle of presumably McCrindle Research. A social researcher and demographer analyzed the Australian Bureau of Statistics data on the ratio of men to women across Australia's regions. I mean, isn't that the case worldwide, though, that uh, 55 percent of the population or whatever is female? Oh, and it's not that quite high, quite that high, but it is I think it's probably 50.5 percent female and 49.5 percent male but women tend to outlive men mm, so it's not the women you want <laughs> worldwide okay um however in australia maybe it is so it says here uh australia has a hundred thousand more females to males even though there are more male babies born than females and there there are statistically slightly more male babies than born than female babies and there are more males than females until around age 35. By the way, males are more likely to die in their youth than females are. So really? it usually takes it out. They're dumb. Men, yeah, men <laughs> do dangerous things, whether that's for money or just for, you know, kicks. Likes. Right. I, uh, I, you know, used to jump a, a BMX bike over a floppy wooden ramp to try to make it across a ditch. We never made it across, ever. Uh, I mean, you know, and we ditch it in the into the sort of it's a little river ditch thing i don't know what to call it but it, we it was generally we were generally unharmed i'm not gonna call it safe i was gonna use the terminology safe that is an inaccurate statement um <laughs> it was we were generally unharmed by the uh, the activity and sometimes we were harmed but rarely did we break something eh, that did happen once but it wasn't me so yeah, I mean, those kind of things happen, and sometimes the young men do something and, you know, I don't know, get swept away by the river or whatever. And you're correct. It's generally not women doing that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> they were watching. Oh, I'm sure. They always watched. <laughs> you know? I've, I've, yeah, I've not seen a whole lot of women jump off of roofs. Right. I've seen men do it. Yeah. Um, For no particular reason. Well, there's wasn't on fire or anything. <laughs> right. There's no female version of Jackass, as far as I'm aware. No, no. it's uh, That might sell, though. It would. <laughs> it would I, sell. I would watch it. And yet, still, even with that premium, it doesn't exist. <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> even with that premium, that people would be more willing to watch. Uh, you know, For those that don't know what Jackass is, Jackass is a, a show from MTV that turned into, I think, two movies. Um, actually went and camped out for Jackass 1. I've never camped out for a movie before or since, and wow. nobody was camping out for Jackass. <laughs> I had no belief that Jackass was going to be a um, movie that people would camp out for, that we would not in any way get tickets. I just thought, if you're ever going to camp out for a movie, what better movie to camp out for than Jackass, right? Only a Jackass would camp out for jackass and so we did and uh well you know we spent the night out on the sidewalk in sarasota florida essentially is what we did uh we had a tent um you know without the stakes it's just kind of one of those pop-up deals okay yeah how bad are the mosquitoes there uh it was downtown there wasn't an issue okay um you know every once in a while a bum would stroll by we never got the news coverage we kind of hoped for (laughs) you know like i wonder if the news will come by you didn't call them (laughs) why would they come by there's just a tent you know the security guard never even bothered us so you know whatever anyway um for those that don't know jackass was a show where uh young men did stupid things and they were compensated but 
I think they got the job because they did stupid things before that. So a whole variety of dumb dumb stunts that uh, would get someone harmed or you know something like that. And I, I recall one time they rented a car and they bought the insurance on the car, but they destroyed the car, spray paints, everything like that, and then returned it as though nothing was happening. <laughs> and the people at the car rental place just freaked out. And they're like, what? We got the insurance. <laughs> so... I think it's funny. Oh, it's hilarious. Yeah, it was it was amusing. Uh, I, you know, some guy jumped on a trampoline and shot himself into a uh, uh, spinning uh, ceiling fan. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, he wasn't hurt. Ceiling fan's not going to hurt you. Anybody who stopped one with their hands knows, you know, it's not going to hurt you. It's not made, it doesn't have razor blades uh, spinning on it, so you'll be fine. But either way, um, that's kind of how it, how it went. And um, yeah, anyway, back to the story here. Uh, you know, what, what we need is uh, more females, apparently. Australia has 100,000 more females, and they are, let's see, there are more males than females until around the age of 35. One of the reasons that men have, uh, there's a man drought, is because men have, are increasingly heading overseas to work. So the man drought is most evident during the working years, people in their mid-30s to mid-60s. That's not an unenviable number for women. I mean, there's some guy out there looking for uh, women mid-30s to mid-60s. It's a sign of the global workforce flow and propensity of Australian men to take advantage of overseas work opportunities, he says. When you hit your mid-70s, the man drought becomes far more evident as longevity of women exceeds that of men. And by their 80s, there are 50% more females than males. So I don't know. Uh, I don't know that the issue here is, but I've always been interested in these stories of, you know, well... Where's the, where's this place? What about you? 855-450-3733-855-453. The Shangri-La of Women. Yeah. It is Free Talk Live. You are free to call in, talk live here on the airways. The telephone number is 855-450-3733. That's 855-450-FREE is in Free Talk Live. It's Mark with you. Melanie. Aria. Aria, thank you for joining us here on Free Talk Live. Thanks for having me. Yeah. And uh, from Call to Freedom. Correct. So... I just read a story here from Australia, and apparently there's a disparity of men to women. I'm not entirely sure what the issue is. I just always found those stories interesting and, you know, I don't know, young men, go to Australia or something. Or you know, It's not even that young. It's like uh, uh, the, the, the big numbers are between, women between the ages of uh, 30 and 60. So That's I, definitely not young. But it's no. certainly not old either. I mean, there's still plenty of time to live and find yourself a chick and have a good time. Yeah, my experience is that uh, prior to about age 30, I was it was sort of uh, the girl's world as far as uh, dating went. You know, they got to make the rules. They got to decide how uh, things went and all that stuff. And then somewhere around 30. Everything kind of changed. Um, you know, their their biology began to kick in. Their their you know thought processes uh, began to change. They were looking for a man, and then they're not looking to have a good time anymore. They're looking for somebody who can you know keep a job, for instance. <laughs> and uh, you know, that's when well, I could tell the sea change just in these uh, the the desperation of these ladies. <laughs> and um, yeah, huh. 
I got less interested in getting tied down at that point. Um, you know, it's a dating dating got a lot easier. I don't know. That was just a that was just an experience that I had. If you had something different, the number is 855-450-3733. I imagine the dating pools get smaller just generally as you go from like sure, 18 to 40. Yeah, because people start getting married and they settle down and all that. Right. But and, if you're into cougars, I mean, it sounds like Australia is Disneyland. <laughs> right. <laughs> I think, like, well, when it comes to, we were talking about the older men, too. I mean, the I would think that when you're, when you're the guy at the nursing home that's willing to date, I imagine you have a lot to choose from. Yeah. Because, you know, the women are going to live longer. They're going to have their, their facilities about them longer. Um, you know, just quite generally, they are going to be more available. I I have uh, seen, it's been my experience in life, and this is just a generalization again, that men tend to make it, once you get past that sort of 35 threshold or whatever where you're really driven by sexual urges, eh, men can make it on their own without women with more happiness than women seem to be able to make it without men um, in that that same category. I'm not saying there aren't bachelorettes out there that stayed that way forever. I'm just saying, huh. You know, the old the one, the old song was uh, old men talk about the weather and old women talk about old men. It's kind of what I see, you know. Interesting. Yeah, that's they just see their relationships that way. I don't know. That's uh, my experience. Let's go to Sarah calling in from, uh, well, I, I could tell you like pretty much her apartment number she's called in so often. Sarah, <laughs> you're on Free Talk Live. Let you know that, you know, I I have made myself uh, to be nice to all of the talk show hosts on the radio, I have learned. It's a good idea. So no matter. Well, you know, the thing is, uh, I, I hear a lot of callers, they tell you off. I mean, they threaten your life and all that. Yep. I mean, I mean but, but, but the thing is, here's the thing is, they, they're sorry because. They're like, well, how do I get back on the show? They're like, well, they, they, I got banned from the show. It's like, well, I mean, they're, they're not just, like now, they're not asking for advice, Sarah. They're outraged that they're not <laughs> able to get back on the show. It's called Free Talk Live. I've got rights. I've got rights to be on the air. You said I could be on the air. I'm sure that they're that way with every other talk show that they can't get on the air and couldn't get on the air with before. Free Talk Live letting them on the air far more than anybody else. But you're right, Sarah. They And oftentimes they do want to get back on the air. And you have uh, a great system, right? You attract far more flies with honey than you do with vinegar. Well, the thing is, I, you know, you know that I get confrontation with you, with you guys, and uh, sometimes I have a many, many disagreements uh, with politics on many issues within and everything. But you know, the thing is, I never, you know, like get mean about it. You know what I mean? I, I could disagree with you, but I don't have to be like. You know, calling you, like, being, like, we're, we're to the point where, like, they want to ban you from the show. I mean, how do you, how do, you do that? You know, like, they got... Well, you, usually they do that with, with death threats. Yeah, so there's a difference between being confrontational and disagreeing and calling in and telling people that you're going to kill them. Yes. <laughs> yeah, I know. But see, but see I, for me, I like it when, when a person gets run over by a car two times. I want to have. I want to be able to call in and talk about it. Yep. Like they ran over the same time with two different cars. You know, I mean, because I mean, I've already called in like maybe two, three times already. Every time it happens, but it's a you know, it's a big deal for me to 
talk about pedestrian fatalities and um, gun control issues. A lot of things that I do want to talk about. So even though that I do get mad, but what, what do these people do that to get bad? I mean, they, I think they, they get bad. really um, upset because we don't agree with them about certain things. And they're not able to handle that emotionally like adults, like like you're able to. Right, Sarah. So what you're able to do is you're able to say, I'm calling in to reach the listeners, not the talk show host. But the vast majority of people want the talk show host, in our case, um, to uh, to agree with them. And when we don't necessarily agree, because we're A, we're, we're, we start skeptical, and B, um, you know, I mean, uh, the calls that we agree with aren't going to stay on as long generally because it's like, oh, yeah, yeah, you're right. You're right. You're right. See ya. <laughs> you know, <laughs> what are we supposed to do? Um, and, and that become makes them outraged. They get then get entrenched in their position. We're then entrenched in our position because they haven't made any efforts to learn how to persuade people to, to their side. Um, and, you know, to be persuasive, Sarah, you're 100 percent right. Nobody's persuaded by somebody who's yelling at them calling them names. Ladies and gentlemen, this isn't about understanding the ideas of liberty. This is about persuading people to anything. You cannot persuade people who are unhappy with you. But the you're right. My emphasis is to reach the listeners. I said maybe like five to ten listeners who almost got hit by a car or almost got T-boned or something like that. Those are the listeners that I'm looking for listening to because you know i do believe that if they listen to me that they will go out and do something they might it might be a city council meeting they might write a letter to the journal the newspaper they could uh, email and phone call they could organize they could do something but it's that few people the listeners who that are the ones that i, I am listening to right and so those I don't so much into the host to beat you guys up to argue and prove you guys wrong i mean what's the point behind it you know what i mean because then 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 my objective is to have safer streets never get accomplished. That's my objective. Right. So what they do is effectively, they, they're so confrontational in many cases that uh, either they get kicked off the air entirely or they, um, you know, they're, they're just the calls are shortened or whatever because nobody wants to listen to that constant, you know, that, that buzzsaw of anger if it's not directed uh, well. I mean, you know, people seem to want to hear Ian and I argue, but. Uh, that's a, I think, a different uh, situation. <laughs> but yeah, I, I agree with you, Sarah. I think you're right. These people are deplatforming themselves, and they're getting the opposite of what they want. Thank you for the call. Did you know you can legally exit the U.S. federal income tax system? Well, it's true, and thousands of American nationals are doing it. The 16th Amendment and the Internal Revenue Code are legal, but only in a limited jurisdiction. This is the basis behind the voluntary nature of the income tax. Learn the exit strategy provided by Congress. Find out more by visiting WeissParis.com and watch our numerous videos. That's W-E-I-S-S-Paris.com. Free Talk Live. Call in, talk about whatever's on your mind, as Sarah just did. It's Mark with you. Melanie. And Aria, Bitcoin.com is your premier source for everything Bitcoin Cash related. Bitcoin.com can help you choose a Bitcoin wallet. So a Bitcoin, you can uh, buy Bitcoin Cash and it can show you where to spend your Bitcoin Cash. You can uh, read the latest news or engage in the community at the uh, Bitcoin Cash forum there at Bitcoin.com. 
I like the news section. I'm kind of a news junkie myself, and they've got a real reporting staff over there. Not like, well, a lot of these crypto outlets just repeat the stories that the other ones put out. They're they're really just sort of, I don't know, it's got echo chambers almost. Not so much. I've met the uh, the staff at uh, Bitcoin.com, uh, uh, news.bitcoin.com, and they're real folks, and they're real really working. And frankly, they can cover stories 24 hours a day. They've actually got a Telegram group where if you uh, are as excited about Bitcoin news as I am and like 60,000 other people are, you can go to news.bitcoin.com. The link there to their Telegram chat is is available. And then you get the story right when it's put out. Learn more. Just go to Bitcoin.com. That's Bitcoin.com. So, um, Melanie, you've got a story. Apparently, the IMF it might be in some way related to what happened with uh, Julian Assange here recently. Yeah, so, and this is from IMF.org. Julian Assange was arrested last week from, he was turned over by Ecuador because he was in the Ecuador... Um, Ecuadorian embassy. embassy. Yeah. For like seven years. And he looked like a hobo when he came out. I mean, it was... it was well, uh, Seven years in prison, effectively. We'll effectively, yeah. yeah. He could have shaved if he wanted to. It's not like Do he we can... know that? I mean, did he, could he just like order stuff from Amazon and get razors? I mean... Well, I mean, people were delivering stuff to him. So, I mean, yeah, okay. he could have acquired razors. Uh, the rumors from the Ecuadorian staff is that he did not take good care of himself. Yeah. Okay. Well, Which, again, seven years in effective isolation in prison, well, they'll do that to you. He had Ecuadorians to talk to. I mean, he would like to have yeah. left. There's no doubt. But, yeah, looked like a hobo. He did. Yeah. And being carried out, shackled, screaming did not help. No. <laughs> now he looked like a crazy hobo. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, so this was published by the IMF on March 11th, 2019. Wasn't really relevant on that date, but I feel like it's relevant now. IMF Executive Board approves U.S. 4.2, in U.S. currency, $4.2 billion extended fund facility for Ecuador. So they got a loan yes. for $4.2 billion. Yes. All right. And what you're positing here is that part of the collateral um, for that loan is turning over Julian Assange to uh, kicking him out of the, the embassy? I don't know if that was like a term of the loan or if they were like, we just gave you $4.2 billion. You need to give us this guy now. I mean, ain't nothing free, right? Right. So, but I, what is the timeline here as far as Assange a, a, being evicted? A, the, the IMF gave Ecuador... Four point two billion, and then a month later, Assange was turned over. Does the IMF not like regularly give Ecuador money? I don't know the the the. the I, I guess I would ask. Not regularly enough the for them here. to um post stories about it when they do it. Okay, fair enough. Yeah, I don't think the IMF hands out money quite that often, but um, you know, maybe. Well, how else are they going to create poverty in countries like Ecuador? Right. Um, you're talking about the, uh, the what the book, the memoirs of a economic hitman mm-hmm. or something where they use the IMF in order to impoverish. Uh, you know, they put these nations into debt and when then they can't pay, they take their resources. And, um, you know, basically that's how that's the new imperialism, essentially. Exactly. I wouldn't doubt that to put a deal together, they could very well have said something like, sure. This loan, I mean, obviously Ecuador applied for the loan, 
and the IMF is in some way related to you know the United States and Great Britain. These are these are the powerful nations in the world. This is the International Monetary Fund. So it does it wouldn't surprise me if there's just like oh sorry we're not giving you loans while uh, Julian Assange is holed up in your in your embassy. I mean you've you've been keeping this man from justice. It's very important that justice is served or justice justice and they probably said justice again because that's important. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt that that was the case. I don't. We don't. We don't really have any uh, evidence, but I, uh, I think it's you know probably worth some speculation. Yeah, and it, it was it was contingent on this plan. So from the IMF, the Ecuadorian authorities' plan aims to create a more dynamic, sustainable, and inclusive economy for the benefit of Ecuadorians. It is centered around four major priorities. That sounds like horse crap, all of it. But oh, go yeah. ahead. What Boost- are those priorities? <laughs> Boosting competitiveness and job creation, strengthening fiscal sustainability, and the institutional foundations of Ecuador's dollarization, protecting the poor and most vulnerable, and improving transparency and bolstering the fight against corruption. Time out. So they want, they're like, Ecuador, you have problems with spending. You're not fiscally responsible. Here's $4 billion. Yes. I don't think that's how logic works. <laughs> it's not, but that's <laughs> well, not, not how. They're not trying to make them sustainable and you know self-sufficient. They're trying to make them dependent upon them. Certainly, and I looked it up. That's about um, 2.5% of Ecuador's GDP. It's a good, it's good loan. Given. Yeah, it's yeah. a huge loan. So that's a large percentage of what they will bring in in taxes this year, too. Because, uh, you know, obviously a country can only bring in a percentage of its GDP, uh, you know, in taxes, and it's just going to claim, you know, it's just going to see a huge boost. So, I don't know, um, something between increasing taxes by another, a third again to doubling, I don't know, somewhere in that range. Just a guess. Yeah, because, and then, you know, as stated, once the Ecuadorians can no longer sustain the economic hardship caused by the debt from this loan... Then they'll bring in the corporations, the American corporations that are less scrupulous than we would like because they have the state backing them. Right. Then the corporations will pay money in order to get the, uh, um, you know, the sweetheart deals uh, to the the resources that they want or cheap labor or whatever uh, to the point that enough corporations come in and they milk the area sufficiently that everybody gets so angry that they kick them all out and socialize all the things they did and ruin it. And then the government, you know, the government goes into deep debt and whatever. Then they take a loan out from the IMF and then they start this thing all over again. And who benefits? The politicians benefit. The rich businessmen who, uh, you know, are in charge of the corporations. To some extent, Americans who are... uh, you know, stockholders for these corporations in their in the forms of their IRAs and their uh, CD, what, um, yeah, IRAs and you know different uh, mutual funds. That's the term I was looking for. Which IRAs and mutual funds are basically the same thing. But uh, yeah, I mean, more or less, that's uh, that's how it goes. And those are the people that benefit: the bankers, the the businessmen, the the politicians, the ruling class and that's it let's start it all over again and let's be sure to be indignant about how bad the poor people are at paying their debts back <laughs> yeah that's critical <laughs> it's it's really important because otherwise you can't rile up america enough you know you have to get the american people to go along with this kind of thing or to at least be 
complacent in it or to turn a blind eye to it. Sure. Pretend like we don't know anything about it. Right. If it was a person taking a loan, right? Aria, if you you borrowed $1,000 from me to set up your own business and you blew that money on uh, hookers and coke and you decided that you were. And the business was not hookers and coke related. It was not hooker. (laughs) It was not a hooker and coke related business. And then you, um, you know, you come back to me and you want another loan. And I'm like, no, you're completely irresponsible. Um, Except that's it's worse than that. It's like if Aria. That's a fair to... thing, but this in this case, it's the politicians that took the the money, blew it on whatever they felt like blowing it on. Probably they, hookers and blow. Right, probably hookers and blow after they put this four point list of crap that they, they say they're going to spend it on, and, and then um, then they blame, and then they, all the poor people get blamed. The people of Ecuadorian people generally, the taxpayers, get blamed for not paying it back. Well, they weren't they the ones in charge. Well, and they didn't take out the loan. Right. And even if they did, you don't. Loan poor people four point two billion dollars. You don't loan rich people four point two billion dollars. Well, I've let uh, lent money to the people of uh, a person or two in Ecuador through Kiva dot org, and they paid it back. Not four point two billion. They didn't. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Free talk live. You can call in, talk about whatever you want. The number is 855-450-3733. 855-450-FREE, as in freedom. It's Mark with you. Melanie. And Arya. Let's go to the phones. Oh, before we go to the phones, I want to tell you about uh, the Amplifier program. So if you go to amp.freetalklive.com, you can help us spread the ideas of liberty around the world. We're on almost 200 radio stations across the U.S., And we're bringing the message to something like a half a million people every month that would not otherwise be seeking out these ideas. That's pretty effective. Now, there's a lot of effective liberty organizations out there. I'm certainly not going to say anything bad about Reason or Cato or, you know, anything like that. But Free Talk Live hitting a half a million people that weren't otherwise looking for these ideas that's pretty impressive. If you want to help us go a little bit farther, please go to amp.freetalklive.com and amplify the show, like Nathan Benson did, who's a silver amplifier. We only ask for $5 a month, uh, and we don't use it to, you know, on paychecks or anything like that. We use it to advertise, market, and promote Free Talk Live. Thanks, Nathan. Thank you to you. Thank you to every amplifier. Let's go to Dave calling in from New Hampshire. Dave, you're on Free Talk Live. Yeah, the... Uh Free staters are back in the news a little bit in Manchester. What are free staters? Uh, well, free staters are people who moved to New Hampshire for more freedom. Yes. Okay. And uh, they tend to become activists. Yep. And um, uh, so I guess um, uh, Carla Garrick is the former president of the Free State Project, and she called a demonstration last week. Um, because she's angry about some of the things the Manchester Police Department are doing. All right, what's that? Now, the most recent thing was, uh, it was well, they started putting up cameras in, in Manchester. Mm. And I think, I was under the impression there was supposed to be some sort of law against that in, in New Hampshire. I don't There's know. There's a law against traffic cameras. Okay. These weren't right. traffic cameras, they were just on the sidewalk. Just closed circuit TV cameras so they can keep an eye on you out there. Another reason I, I don't go to Manchester. <laughs> They recently also uh, killed somebody uh, in in Manchester near the near the main mall, uh, and they two other people died as part of that incident. And uh, uh, Carla it wants to know what happened to the other two people who sort of you know, died in this 
standoff uh, with with police. The police say they, they came in and they were already dead or something along those lines. But her, one of her concerns is that apparently there was a use of chemi- some sort of chemical device. I don't know if it was just mace or something, but that uh, she seemed she seemed to be thinking it was maybe something more serious. And there's a sense I think she has that like why didn't the how do we actually know independently what the police said is true? Right. It's a it's a really good question, and and a question as old as uh, you know just the concept of having police is who watches the watchers? Um, you know, I mean anybody is going to be predisposed to fibbing about their mistakes if they were like oh messed that up well gonna have to cover that up and if there's nobody watching then i mean we we don't expect the average citizen to obey every law and do everything right that's why we have police well why do we expect the police to do to obey every law and do everything right especially when they're dealing with lawbreakers all the time or presumably lawbreakers and when we know they don't well, do everything right it, it, i mean there have been it, countless it, it, stories it, about police sure, being yeah. arrested well not being arrested but being caught carrying around fake guns in their cars all kinds of stories of all kinds of different things them. go ahead dave well even when they're when they're not dealing with lawbreakers the, the, the fact is they they raided a motel right they they were after they're after some drug case or something like that they decided to cause a, tr- a trouble at this motel where the guy was staying and uh then they just they went ahead and you know, kept, they evacuated the whole motel and then wouldn't let anyone back in or let them to their cars for many hours after the standoff was over. And there was yeah. an indication from the attorney general's office they weren't even going to let people back to their cars for days. Yeah, I mean, these kind of things happen once they say, well, you know, this is important. This is an important crime scene. Somebody has smoked marijuana in this hotel and nobody can go back to their room for hours. It's crazy. I, I looked pretty closely into this guy who they were raiding, uh, and he did. He he was accused of firing at them, but all of his offenses before that were just drug and failure to appear, appear type offenses. It was all victimless stuff until the DEA shows up, uh, you know, uh, with a Manchester gun with Manchester PD gunman, and then that's when the firing starts. Yeah, how would how would you know? I mean, I could presume that the uh, the police are correct, but it's hard to know for sure who fired the first shot and how you know how what what happened. What you know? Where's the evidence? We won't get a court case. No, the guy's dead. So you know, the public just has to presume that they have been served here, and yeah, I mean, that's it. Suck it up and take it. We we provide. We keep you safe. Well, yeah, well how do us, I know? Without us, that guy might be selling drugs yeah, out so of what, that hotel room. Aren't you glad we murdered three people? Yeah, so in the absence of the state, you have three or four degenerates sitting around a hotel room getting high. In the presence of the state, you have a shootout in the parking lot of a hotel room that goes on overnight. These are your options. Right. Let's not forget that these walls are paper thin, and uh, Lord knows where these bullets are going. Yeah. So, you know. Well, at least, at least here they've got, you know, they've got some opposition here. That's true. Yeah, I, I suppose that's the case. I mean, I, I don't know. I, <laughs> I, ex- I haven't seen the new ha- uh, the, the, the free staters have a whole heck of a lot of an effect on uh, the police and their depredations in New Hampshire. Uh, I, I think the police in New Hampshire were probably a cut above police in lots of places in the United States, but. That's just a you know maybe that's maybe that's chauvinism maybe that's uh, you know it's anecdotal certainly 
But, I mean... They certainly don't seem to have had much luck in Manchester as far as police accountability goes. I mean, it has one of the worst jails I've ever heard about, much less in New Hampshire. So what do you think, Dave? I mean, well, that's, what, that's what my last call was about a few days, a few days ago. There has been bail reform, and the Manchester jail is now at half its population that it was a few years ago. should be at zero population. Well, there's probably a reason for a jail. I mean, don't you think, Arya? No, I don't. Okay. Well, I'd love to talk Either to you about that. Yeah. I'm not. I'm not a fan. Thanks of for the call, Dave. Holding people hostage against their will. Either they're too dangerous to be alive, or it's none of your business, and you can let them go. Well, you have to have some place to hold them while you determine if they're too dangerous to be alive. Well, if they're too dangerous to be alive, I'm going to shoot them when they attempt to aggress against me. Yeah. So the um. So you're not advocating, Melanie, for a death penalty that is administered by the state, right? Yeah. So the I, I don't want the state executing people for the same reason. That they will pull your license after your 20th DWI. Clearly, you have exhibited the fact that you cannot drive properly. If you're the state, you have just killed too many people inappropriately, so you're just not allowed anymore. Same kind of deal. I don't want the state doing that, but if somebody is going around aggressing and a sane person decides, you know what, I got to stop this, oh well. So, um, it, it seems to me that there are violent uh, offenses that are that don't reach the level of um, killing somebody. It's like, for instance, if somebody, I don't know, is stealing cars, um, you know, you're going to want to apprehend them. You're going to want to talk to them about their propensity to steal cars. I'm not until they attempt to steal my car. Okay. Stealing- at which point I will assume that they are a threat to my person and property and will shoot them accordingly. Stealing cars, and I, I don't necessarily advocate killing people for any level of theft at all but stealing cars is more of an attempted murder than it is a theft unless you're stealing them like from the factory and then it's more of a property crime How you're kind of screwed without a car you can't get to work you can't get to like you there's a lot like you can't live in function so that's more of an attempted murder which which kind of merits an immediate response that is a slippery slope that, that sure is i would not want to go near <laughs> I know lots of people who don't have cars here in Keene, and it, they, they do not appear to be about to die. Also, many people who have cars have insurance on those cars, and if my car was stolen, I would probably be able to, I would certainly be able to rent a car by the next day, and uh, likely my insurance company would pay me for that rental at some point. Uh, get most people have it. collision at most, which doesn't cover that. I don't know what most means. Uh, all I can tell you is what it's like in my life. If somebody steals, I'm not going to shoot somebody over my car. Um, you okay, know. that's fine. But, and I mean, it, it does depend, you know, ge- geography kind of matters there too. You might be able to get around keen, maybe, depending on what you have to do and where you have to be. But it's kind of an it's an essential thing. It's more like food or insulin, and less like a TV. Yeah, but I want to I don't want to get sti- sidetracked on uh, cars, car theft in particular. What I want to talk about is um, what should happen to individuals specifically for different sorts of crimes. We should forgive them. Uh, well, for, I, I don't, forgive? forgive. You can't forgive somebody who doesn't even ask for forgiveness yet. Forgiveness is not about the transgressor; it's about the victim. Well, it doesn't matter if they ask for it or not. For the victim's own well-being. They need to forgive. 
I, I, I'm fine with forgiveness of somebody you can't catch, but if you can catch them, you, we're going to have to have a long conversation about any social behavior. Eight five. Would you like to hang out with Penn Jillette? He's keynoting Freedom Fest this year. I, for one, am thrilled. Freedom Fest is the largest liberty-oriented gathering in the world. They take a Big Ten approach with libertarians, conservatives, liberals, anarchists, and just open-minded people mingling together to hear real debates, share real solutions, and converse freely. This year's theme is the Wild West, a time of liberty and opportunity, or a time of anarchy and violence. Maybe both. Go to freedomfest.com slash FTL and get your tickets now. Freedomfest.com slash FTL. Not convinced yet? Hey, I understand. It's a high-end event, even with coupon code FTLEB. Sure, you're likely to receive investment advice that'll make that sum seem paltry, but I have something special for you. Go to freedomfest.com slash FTL and you'll get the five best speeches from last year for free. Call it a test drive. Do yourself a favor and go to freedomfest.com slash FTL. Freedomfest.com slash FTL. Use coupon code FTLEB for a discount. Talk Live. Kicking off the second hour, it's Mark with you. Melanie. And Arya. Call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. You're certainly welcome to. That's why we call it Free Talk Live, because you're free to call in and talk live. And we're talking about a story. Apparently, the uh, the, the IMF has uh, given Ecuador like $4.2 billion. And... Um, this happened hmm, right about the time that Julian Assange gets uh, kicked out of the Ecuadorian embassy in, uh, in, in, in London. And we're just kind of, you know, speculating on that. But we got sidetracked. And this is, in Free Talk Live, we do get sidetracked. We talk about different issues. And Aria said she wanted to do away with jails. Indeed. A hundred percent. Yes. Melanie? I'm close. I I don't know what issues would necessarily be had in the absence of the state. Okay. I'm leaning. I'm leaning strongly that way. Okay. So I would not uh, say this. I will, however, uh, state that I don't think that prisons, which uh, should be distinguished from jails, as in this for the sake of this conversation, this isn't always true in America, but for the sake of this conversation, we'll say prison is for post-sentence punishment and jail is for pre-sentence confinement, right? Um, so these two things exist uh, for a reason and the, pre- the pre-sentence confinement exists for a reason is because some people won't show up for, uh, for court, well, the goal, right, is to alter the way people behave in society so that they're better people, they're better individuals. Prison is supposed to be a deterrent. Jail is supposed to be a deterrent. All that kind of thing. Yep. The issue is it doesn't work. And it's been psychologically proven that rewarding good behavior is a far more effective way of affecting someone's behavior than punishing bad behavior. I have read that that is the case. So uh, absent the state, you would have a free market. And what that effectively does in real terms is it rewards people who do things that society feels are good. It rewards people who are hard workers, who are honest, who have integrity. Yep. 
it rewards those you think people jails and prisons, prisons are full of people who are uh, were hardworking, honest, and had integrity, but that somehow just ended up on the wrong side of the law and uh, thrown in jail. Anyway, let me finish my statement before we go any sure. further. Um, so jails should be, or prisons, excuse me, should be for people who have committed violent crimes, in my opinion. People who are too dangerous to be with other people. Um, you know, jails are for pre-sentence confinement, but these that that pre-sentence confinement should be very short. And I'm talking about in a span of weeks, and those weeks should be single digits, and they should be on the low side. If you can't put together a case against somebody in that period of time, then you can't, you shouldn't, I mean, speedy trial. It's guaranteed in the Constitution. You can't do that. They shouldn't have it. Um, so, well, I mean, you wouldn't even need jails for that unless you have a rampant crime rate. Because you don't need a whole building that holds hundreds of thousands of people. You just need a couple of cells at the police department. Well, the sheriff is traditionally the holder of uh, the keys to the jail. And um, so the police department, not not so much. Usually they give them over to the sheriff. and But that's the idea, is, is that a jail is just a place with a bunch of rooms. And I would say, yes, I'm talking about emptying these places out to the tune of 90%. I'm saying that prisons, by and large have nonviolent offenders and most of those nonviolent offenders are people who were doing drugs or something. If you legalize drugs and let people be responsible for their own actions, then you will have A, the people who are in for drug offenses are all gone. B, the people who commit crimes to get drugs won't be there. What I mean is, or nearly um, nearly won't be there. What I mean is the there's very few people who are in prison right now for uh, committing a crime to obtain alcohol. It's because alcohol is relatively cheap. You can beg the amount of money that it takes to get uh, to get a fifth uh, of cheap liquor. I was, as a matter of fact, I was at the liquor store not too long ago. I saw they had a 1.75 liters, which is a lot of vodka. Uh, 1.75 liters for nine dollars and ninety-five cents. If you go out with a sign that says, "I need ten dollars." For liquor today, I'll bet you you can get it by the end of the day. You might have to work, but, you know, begging is working, but you can do it. So the same would be true for things like heroin and cocaine in a marketplace where these things had been legal for a long time because, well, you know, aspirin isn't very expensive and it wouldn't be that hard to create drugs. So what I'm saying is is that the people then who commit crimes to get drugs wouldn't be in prison either because, well, they wouldn't need to commit the crimes. So you would be down to stupid kids committing burglaries, you know, just because, well, burglaries, um, you know, no good reason. Yeah. Um, you would have and those kids can can be reached. Right. In a lot of cases, it's just catching them one time. But, um, you know, if you're talking about a burglar there's there's ways there's there's progressions of sentences of punishments that we could work on for uh, burglaries. What if you talk, if when you say kids you talk about people who are underage? You can solve that problem by kind of removing the concept of underage and letting oh, they have. when people are free reflect kind of their family culture and and family income. So if you're 15, you're not sitting around bored, unable to go work and start your life just because, you know, the state decided that shouldn't happen Arbitrary for another number. three years. Agreed. I think that would be helpful. 
Well, I was working when I was 15. I was working when I, I was 12, yeah. Sh- I still took share in my fair part of teenage burglaries. <laughs> I I sadly uh, was But you weren't one of allowed to, to move. You weren't allowed to get an apartment. You, you still had to live under someone else's, you know, varying level of sanity or psychoticness kind of, you know, at random. So you're, you're, I, I still don't think that that solves it. So, yeah, you can I go. I don't think it solves it, but I think it couldn't hurt, Melanie, right? Like the idea of making it so that uh, young people can work and might have something to do rather than going and causing trouble. Yes, Aria, you and I did. But that doesn't mean that they all would. And but I mean, the reasons we did it weren't because we were bored or anything like that. Well, I, I mean, I guess it was technically boredom because there was certainly no real financial gain or anything like that. Right. Same here. I mean, this is, I don't know what you'd call it, but I'd have to call it a burglary, sneaking into somebody's house. Yeah. I didn't take anything from the house that I can recall well, or we, anything of any import, but I went into, you know, sometimes there'd be abandoned houses. You know, it's Florida. It was always abandoned houses. People Only die. did we go into a house where somebody lived and we immediately left and we never went into anybody else's house after that. Yeah. Abandoned scary. or not. Yeah. <laughs> But, um, you know, that's uh, – let's go on. So uh, sex crimes need to be mentioned here. Sure. This is These are the crimes that become far more prolific as a percentage in countries like uh, the Western European countries where they've kind of taken care of crime. One of the ways they've taken care of crime is by having better prisons, not by having no prisons, mind you. Um, so they uh, – the sex offenders, because these people have an entirely different mindset uh, than, say, a burglar or a murderer, they they haven't managed to figure out how to disincentivize those folks nearly. But well, what as are much. we calling a sex offender? In the case of Euro- European crimes, you're not going to get in trouble, I don't believe, for peeing on the sidewalk or something like that. Okay. We're talking about a real sex offense. Um, yeah, there's times like you know an 18 year old has a 15 year old girlfriend or something. I'm not talking about that either. I don't think that that's a twisted mind. I think that that's a vagarity of a calendar. When you have, when you put kids in a high school and say, no, you can't date, you've created a problem, a societal <laughs> problem, right? So if you don't want the seniors dating the freshmen, don't put the seniors in the same school as the freshmen. That's all. Well, so, I think the larger issue is that, you know, so many people have an issue with the senior dating the freshman in the first place. I think they should work on that and their own issue with it and well, rather than attempting to legislate their morality onto everyone else. I, I don't really, you know, one way or the other, it's not my really concern. I, what I hate the most is stupidity. And it is stupid. <laughs> Ladies it and gentlemen, stupid. If you think that you're going to send uh, 18-year-olds, that's the, the, the max age for a, a senior, and 14-year-olds to the same school and they're not going to date. Some of those 14-year-olds are going to say some of those 18-year-olds are attractive and some of those 18-year-olds, by God, are going to say the same things. And that they're going to they're gonna date. They're in the same school. They should be able to date. You put them in the same room together. Stop making stupid decisions if you don't want stupid results. 855-455-3733. It's 855 55 450 free is in free talk live. Free talk live. It is, well, it's a live edition. If it's between 7 p.m. and 10 p.m. Eastern Time, Seven days a week, 365 days a year. You can call in and talk about whatever's on your mind. That's the that's that's what we bring to you here on Free Talk Live. 
Now, we have different hosts. I'm not working seven nights a week, but we've got different folks. Like, uh, for instance, it's Mark with you. Melanie. Aria. uh, Melanie, you're on uh, seven days a week. Aria, you're guest hosting at this point. One day a week. I'm on one day a week. Yeah, I meant to say one day a week. One (laughs) one out of seven days. I don't know. I was jumping ahead in my brain. I wasn't thinking what I said. Sorry about that. Uh, But, you know, we make it so that you can call in. If you hear Free Talk Live, we're live. Well, if you're hearing us, we're not necessarily live because we could be be what they call delayed broadcast on a radio station near you. We do make it available for stations to, um, you know, play us whenever it's convenient for them. And we do try to make it easy on stations. Thanks to all the stations, nearly 200 of them. The number is 855-450-3733. And we get off uh, sidetracked on this conversation about sort of the criminal justice system. And I want to... I want to get everybody's opinion here. See if I can learn something. No, I don't. I just want to tell you you're wrong. Um, <laughs> to pretend that I want to learn something. But what I was saying is, is that first, I think that um, you know, drugs should be legalized and people should be responsible for their own actions. And if they're not, they're going to be. Yeah, you know, ultimately, you'll be responsible for your own actions. Life, the world is that way. But um, that nonviolent offenders like burglars and things like that, we have to come up with some system. I don't think those people should be thrown in prison right off. Uh, doesn't make a lot of sense to me. I think there has to be something for that burglar who just keeps on burglarizing and never quite learns. You got to have something for them. But I, I don't know if prison's the right thing. Um, we had talked about sex offenders. Clearly, throwing sex offenders in with regu- the regular prison population isn't doing anything for anybody other than creating a... Uh, um, you know, creating a supply of what we called in prison punks, um, boys, uh, sissies, you know, these terminology that, uh, sorry, Ari, I'm looking right at you <laughs> when I'm saying this stuff. Sorry. <laughs> um, there are worse things to be called. What, a punk, a boy, and a sissy? Yeah. Well, uh, you prefer not to be called a boy, as I understand it. I do prefer that. Yeah. So, um, and... I think that prisons should be reserved for violent crimes. I also think that the European models have demonstrated, like, this isn't even a dis- debate any longer. Look, I'm a, I am vote Republican. I understand what these law and order people say. I get it. You don't want to create a place where people are comfortable. Uh, you want to put bad people in a bad place, treat them badly, and then they'll want to get out and they'll want to act good. Well, That's not how people work. You're wrong. And all you have to do, this is an issue of ignorance and, uh, and training. All you have to do is look at what goes on in Europe. I'm not one of these people that says, let's do it like Europe does it. I'm not even that fond of Europe. But if you think that America does it right every time and Europe does it wrong every time, you're a partisan and your opinion stinks. So I don't think that that's due entirely to their criminal justice system because Europe also has differences with the u.s as far as child abuse levels and unwanted child levels because people in europe are a lot more prone to use birth control than a lot of places in the u.s so that has a lot to do with it too you can't just say if we hug all the criminals they'll quit being criminals although either system you use prison is a very expensive proposition and why would anyone pay for that I'm not going to say that if we hug all the criminals, there won't be pris- uh, there won't be criminals immediately, but eventually, I think that it would be an adequate solution to the problem without committing aggression against anyone. Well, 
Putting somebody in prison is an aggression. It is. It, it's it's viol- a response to it aggression. It is violent retribution. It's vengeance. Retrib- retrib- re- okay, aggression is in the libertarian sphere is defined as an initiation of force. Yes. So if After someone— After the fact, you're initiating it against them. What's if- that? Retaliation is initiation. See, I, I don't agree. See, that, I think retaliation is retaliation. It's a different form of force. I think that's an arbitrary temporal distinction because then, okay, so is five years retaliation? I think most people would say yes. Well, what about one month? Well, what about, well, this was one second? That, that temporal difference is kind I don't see how that's morally relevant. So how long it takes in order to respond to the crime? Yeah. So um, It can have a practical effects, but I don't see how it's because it's not... Nothing's instantaneous because you can't move that fast as a human being. Sure. Or even as a, a beam of light, you can't move that fast. There's going to be lag. You're arguing over a moral difference among d- diff- time differences in lag. So what I would be saying is is that people who are violent have shown a propensity for violence, are more likely to be violent in the future unless they have some kind of life-changing uh, circumstance. If they have the life-changing circumstance, maybe that uh, circumstance occurred in prison. It certainly did for me. Um, you know, like I, I'm like, I now, although I do not consider myself to be guilty of what I was charged with um, and went to prison for, that doesn't change the fact that I definitely matured, I definitely grow, grew up, and I definitely had life-changing circumstances when I was in prison. Well, most people do between the ages of 17 and 20-something. That's a really relevant point, is, is that if you released everybody out of prison at age 35, then the likelihood of them returning tends to be quite low, especially if those people have had training and these sorts of things. And in the European model, again, I'm going back, um, you'll find that they get treated with respect while they're in prison. They aren't you know, yelled at and called names and all the things that go on in American prisons. Believe me, I know. Or at least I know how it used to be, and I suspect it hasn't changed one whit. I think it's probably a more d- dangerous place than it was when I was even there. Although, it, um, you know, some of some would argue um, that these uh, that that ultimately they get training, they um, they get opportunities. There wasn't really much of that at all, and the pr- the prisons were stressed. There were too many people there. They have one person cells, one little their own little room where they don't have to deal with the roommate and that kind of thing. All these things, I think, give an opportunity for somebody to grow and adjust and change their ways of doing things. Um, I'm not looking at this from a moral standpoint of how quickly can I give retribution or whatever. I'm looking at this from a practical standpoint of people who are a danger to other people need to be separated from society while they're um, you know, changed or if they haven't been killed while they're being a threat to somebody else. Um, is that what you guys are advocating for here? Is this basically, eh, well, you know, if we just shot them all, then uh, we wouldn't have to deal with it. Yeah, so if it's to an a, extent. Yeah. For the most part, if it's a crime, if you consistently rob people in the absence of the state or even just in the absence of homicide laws, at some point you're going to stop robbing people because you're dead. So yeah, right. that kind of solves that problem. All the people that have been shot by uh, people while they were robbing, all the, all the robbers that have been shot by people while robbing have committed no more robberies. Right. I mean, it's 100% true. I don't feel bad for robbers. It's just that I know that people can do bad things and then change their minds. And then they can. And that's why I'm not a fan of the death penalty and things like that, because it denies those people the right to have those changes apart. And uh, what I would say is, is where do those people 
decide to have those changes. Because a lot of people need consequences to actions in order to uh, decide that those actions aren't worth committing and what, um, you know, decide to change the way, their ways. 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. You're welcome to answer that question. Free Talk Live. Business owners, you want more customers? Accept cryptocurrencies. There's people all around you just waiting to spend money at your store. If only you would take it. I know, you've been waiting till someone else makes it easy. Well, good news. Help me take Bitcoin.com adds Bitcoin to your point of sale. Totally free. Use the same equipment you already have, now with Bitcoin. And unlike credit cards, there's no fees. Let the guys at HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com bring new customers to your store. HelpMeTakeBitcoin.com Free Talk Live. Call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. It's Mark with you. Melanie. And Aria. Number's 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. If you invest money, well, even if you don't invest money, what happens to the stock market affects you. I uh, have to, you know, I've got... I manage money for an organization, and that uh, organization, I have to be—I have to pay attention to these things. We've had a pretty good run in the stock market over the last many months. I think it's the longest bull run in U.S. history. What that means is, at some point, it stops. When the bull run stops, then the bear run starts. When the bear run starts, this tends to historically be true, is, is that metals— Precious metals tend to do well. Maybe not immediately, but as as the bear run increase, uh, increases, you tend to see a, an uptick in, in uh, precious metals. If you believe that that's going to be the case this next go-around, I kind of do, then you're going to want to be educated in uh, investments in silver and gold. Sp- silver specifically regarding uh, the Morgan Report. If you go to themorganreport.com, uh, you can get the, well, the work there of David Morgan. He's, uh, he's an expert in uh, silver and tangible investments. He's been putting out a newsletter for many years. And as a matter of fact, he does even personal guidance. You can get his uh, premium uh, newsletters, whatever it is. He's got it. Uh, whatever level of uh, guidance you might need, he's got it. Go to themorganreport.com. I have spoken to David Morgan, and I do consider him to be an expert in this field. And he's got my, uh, you know, I'm, I'd be comfortable listening to what he has to say on uh, many of these topics. Themorganreport.com. There's also a telephone number there you can get from uh, the website. I could give it to you here, but the chances are good you're jogging or uh, in the car, these sorts of things. So it's easier to remember themorganreport.com. If you don't remember it now, you'll certainly remember it when the stock market crashes and you wish that you could have some place to put your money. Wouldn't it be better to put your money in some precious metals now before the crash occurs? Themorganreport.com. We were talking here on the air. It's uh, Mark with you. Did I, did I already do introductions? You Thank did. you, guys. I appreciate that. Um, we were talking on the air about sort of what to do 
with people who have committed crimes as they exist today. Now, I have laid out, you guys, if, if the listener, if you're just tuning in and you haven't heard this, you can go to the archives at archives.freetalklive.com. We usually put the show up within a couple of hours after it is complete, and then you can hear everything that was said, but I'm not going to recap everything. Basically, I went through what I would do with certain classifications of crimes. And y'all, Melanie and uh, Aria here, my two Southern women, um, you have different ideas. You think I'm wrong about uh, you know incarceration and things like that, and that's fine. I want to hear what you've got to say. So I'm going to start. Uh, Melanie, you want to start with you? Yeah. So I want to start with nonviolent uh, offenders like burglars. Somebody who I've got a friend. I don't know if I agree that burglary is nonviolent. All right. Well, um, what are you going to do with burglars? When you find them, you you shoot them while they're. Burglary. You're going to shoot somebody who's in your house taking a television set that they're going to pawn for a hundred bucks? Well, you don't know that they're you not going to shoot you. Yeah. Burglars are That's very why unlikely it's not to have necessarily guns. Nonviolence. Most people who are in prison for armed burglary stole the gun that they found in the house. They didn't come to the house with a gun. That's not to say they couldn't shoot you. But they're not likely to have done it. And I always have felt like that's a crime where the uh, the spirit of the law is not being honored. But yeah, that, I don't feel like that's a risk that's properly allocated to the victim. I don't think that almost any risk is a risk that's properly allocated no, to the victim. I agree with you. So you either have a horrible society where people are doing this thing all the time, in which case you need to change the way you raise people and the way you treat people and the way you react to things and the way people act. And you're not going to solve that by expensive, inefficient. I mean, like just warehousing people is kind of a grossly inefficient thing to do. Yes. Or you don't have that kind of society. And so you have your outliers. And so if they're in the middle of violently aggressing against someone, you can kill them. If they're not, then maybe you, and can you call just... burglary violently aggressing because they're stealing uh, people's property and their property used to be, you know, the property is evidence of work that they have created. Burglary is too vague. I mean, it's up to the victim to look at the guy and, and decide if they think that they're a threat. I can see you've already gendered the criminal. Go ahead. <laughs> it probably I don't know is. that guy <laughs> is a gender-specific term. Oh, yeah. <laughs> if I wake up, though, and I see somebody in my house, I'm not going to give them the, the benefit of the doubt and say, oh, maybe they're not armed. You know, what about I'm going to shoot first and ask questions later? Right. Well, I, I guess that's what you're going to do. I certainly would not do that. Uh, now that again, um, really? The no, I would not. If you woke up and there was somebody in your house, you would not. You have a kid who you don't necessarily know where they are at this point. Right. So I would. You know, first off, um, yeah, I've, I've I've already committed myself to not. Well, yeah, and I guess Mark Kent doesn't necessarily have this option, but in Ankapistan, where they're right. on our gun laws. Well, there's more options than you might think. I'm not the, uh, although it is, uh, it is illegal for me to carry a gun, and it's not illegal for me to pick up a gun in a life-threatening situation and use it. It's not illegal for uh, Mrs. Edge to own a gun either. So it's not like there's not guns uh, somewhere that could be used, uh, potentially. And there are actually some really good air rifles out there, too. And that's legal, as far as I can tell, in the United States for me to Okay, yeah, but so if I can assess that it's some 12-year-old trying to steal Pokemon cards or whatever, yeah, they don't need to die. I might need to smack their parents or something, but they don't need to die. If it's somebody who's, I can't tell what they're trying to do, and it's dark and 
by babies in the other room. Yeah, That's you don't want to get between, problem. Yeah, you don't want to. You definitely don't want to stir up Mama Bear. But I wouldn't presume if I saw one person that there was a second. That's uh, one thing, right? So I don't need to, you know, I take down. I wasn't necessarily making that assumption. It's like you came in and started moving stuff. Yeah, sure. I'm not going to make assumptions about what you did and didn't move. Sometimes people stumble into houses drunk. You know, these things happen too. And they anyway, shoot the occupant. What's that? Yeah, that's, they shoot the occupant and say it was dark and I thought it was my. That's apartment. the risk you take when you wander around outside drunk. I mean, they sometimes do that. You're right. <laughs> All right. So next question. You've got your. You've got your. You know, bloodless uh, slaked here. Uh, you've shot some burglars. Uh, now on to DUI. What do we do with uh, people who have uh, gone on the road and inadvertently played chicken with uh, you know everybody who's uh, who's on the road? Same solution. Eventually, shoot them? No, no, if, <laughs> no. Same over solution. Shooting them is a means to an end. Uh-huh. It, What's that end? Solving the problem. Okay. Of burglars, right? Uh, solving the, the problem of DUI people is shooting them. No, you right. can ban no, no, them no. from the roads because the roads death, are private at this point. Death is ultimately the solution to that problem. Eventually, they're going to wreck and kill themselves. But they're pro- but I don't want them to wreck and kill themselves into me. I would prefer that not happen as well. But if the alternative is to aggress against them for doing something that I don't approve of or that I think is reckless, I would choose to be run over. So you want to get rid of jails because you are philosophically against jails, but you're okay with people just getting back in cars, back in a car, back in a car after they've been caught over and over again with a DUI and not giving them a punishment? I've met many people who are capable of driving drunk without causing an accident. Sure. I'm not... Look, Those people probably won't get caught, at least not in any kind of reasonable system. So if you're driving exactly like everybody else, you don't really stand out. If you're driving recklessly... But you're going to get a wreck at some point, just because yeah, people get so in wrecks at some if point. if roads are private, and they would be, and I ban drunk driving from my road, or uh-huh. you know, Easy Pass Corporation bans drunk driving on their road, As they would. now you're trespassing, and you can remove that person, and if they keep doing it, or even on a first offense, if that's what you want to do... You can ban them from the road, or ban them from driving on the road at least. Yeah, and if they what do they do if they do, if they don't, uh, you know, obey by the abide by the ban? Now they're trespassing, and you can remove them. Like shoot them? How do you? Re- I mean, you could remove them into before. Traffic, probably not the best idea, but you can remove them. You're just talking about continually removing people, though. That's no solution. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Eight fifty five four fifty free free talk live. Love to hear your thoughts. Talk live. Call in, talk about whatever you want to talk about. This uh, this topic here of what we should do with the the, the do batters has uh, really churned churned up the the studio here. Uh, the number eight five five four five zero three seven three three. It's Mark with you, Melanie, Aria, and real quick before we go to the calls here, I want to tell you about Freedom Fest. It's the largest liberty oriented gathering in the world, undisputed. Freedom Fest theme this year is the Wild West. Was it a time of liberty and opportunity or lawlessness and violence? You're going to determine this by the end of uh, Freedom Fest. They've got great guests, big-time guests. Penn Gillette doesn't get much bigger than that. John Mackey, the former uh, CEO of uh, Whole Foods. Candace Owens, her name's 
uh, on everybody's lips these days. Kevin O'Leary and Kevin Harrington of Shark Tank. Well, they got movie. They got TV stars. What do you want? Uh, Stephen Moore now uh, appointed to the Federal Reserve Board. Grover Norquist. Greatest libertarian activist in the nation, um, the guy who sits on the board of uh, Taxpayer of the U.S. or something. I don't remember what the organization is exactly, but uh, uh, you know he's he's doing great work. All kinds of folks, libertarians, conservatives, liberals, people just open-minded and trying to find solutions. They're mingling together to hear real debates and share real solutions. Go to freedomfest.com/ftl. Get your tickets now. We're going to be there. It's going to be a lot of fun. Freedomfest.com slash FTL. Plus, it's Vegas, people. It's in Vegas. You um, can't get much better than that. If you are not yet convinced, go to freedomfest.com slash FTL anyway, and you get the five best speeches from last year for free. Judge Napolitano, Alan Dershowitz is the only place you're going to get these. Charlie Kirk, Heather McDonald, John Mackey, all for free. Freedomfest.com slash FTL. When you buy your ticket... Use coupon code FTL50, save 50 bucks. Coupon code FTL50 at freedomfest.com slash FTL. Let's go to Jeanette here, calling in from Chattanooga. Jeanette, you're on Free Talk Live. Hi. Hi. What's on your mind? Number number one, if you're breaking into my house, you deserve to be shot. Jeanette's, okay, my, so at this point, we're three for three on the ladies. <laughs> Gentlemen, Well, don't I mean, break. that's my house. Yes, you're right. You have no business in my house, and you can't stumble in it drunk because the doors are locked. So you deserve to be shot. There you go. Number number two, if you're drinking and driving, I believe you should give a person a chance. Put them in rehab. If they don't change and they come out and do it again, then they need to serve their time in jail. Because I'd rather see someone in jail than to be out here killing someone else innocent on the road. I think they should be completely responsible for whatever their actions are. If their first time drinking and driving results in them harming somebody, they should. Uh, oh yeah. They they should have to pay restitution until that person's made whole. And that could oh, be definitely. a long time with medical costs these days. Definitely. Number three, if you're a sex offender, you need to cut it off and hang them. You're going to hang them and cut it off? Why not just cut it off? And yeah. let, let no, them... I'm going to cut it off first, let them suffer, and then hang them. Yep. Jeanette, 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 they, don't de- they don't deserve to walk the face of the yeah, earth. And if, we, if, no Fs. if by sex offender we mean what a normal human being thinks of in their mind I'm when you talking, say sex if offender, you're sex then if, yes. If you're, if you're abusing a child sexually. Well, okay, so say a child ten rapist down, ten down, should have it cut off. 10, 12 down. I think it should be cut off and hang them. Yeah, I, I would agree with that. I, I still yep. would not. Okay, what? well, tell me what you would do here in this circumstance, Aria. I'm, I'm very curious. I, I would shun them. I would not befriend them. Oh, my and goodness. I would let free market activism take its toll without aggressing against them. So other people would shoot them. So you're going to let them keep no, abusing not other, other people children. would shoot them. They would be unable to get jobs and things like that. They would un- be unable to be productive members of society until they reformed themselves. Well, you, don't ref- you don't come back from people that. People don't and- forgive that, though. And so, and then that's why I advocate forgiveness. In fact, they're going to have to rob someone before they, you know, Change before they get forgiven and, yeah. and repent. So that's just shooting them with extra steps, really. Do you know what abusing children does to a child? Probably nothing good. Well, the exactly. trans chick certainly didn't exactly. have an easy so you, childhood. You want someone to be, you want someone to be forgiven who has messed up a child for life. I do indeed. For life, no. Sorry. Well, as someone who has been messed up for life by various child abuses and the murder of my mother, I would say that I get to say whether or not a person is going to be permanently messed up for life and whether or not they can at yield least in your circumstance. I would say that. that's true. 
Um, I can say the same. I can say the same. I, and they need to have it cut off and hung. Well, I don't want to get into the victim, uh, you know, Schwantz measuring no, contest, but uh, you know, I, I, I think that this is a hot topic, Ari, and I think it's a, uh, it's a lot to ask from society to it is. to forgive somebody who has done, you know, a, a terribly reprehensible act. But it's the I most critical say this to about forgive sex, people. I, I want to say this about sex offenses, though, that part of the damage of sex offense, uh, sex offenses, is the things that society says about it, right? Like, uh, Jeanette, wouldn't you agree that part of it is we say that this is terrible and it ruins the kids uh, for life, so it's terrible and it ruins the kids for life. That if we uh, perhaps had a different view about it, and I'm not saying we should, I'm just saying that other societies do, right? There are societies out there where adults and kids probably do awful things that uh, you know you and I don't really understand. I mean, are these mentally stable societies, though? I don't know. I don't live in them. Uh, you know, I I tend to err on the side of Jeanette here, but um, and if know. we're calling them mentally stable or mentally unstable, I mean, who are we to enforce our values on them by demonizing them for having different standards than we do? That's that's just Dunning Krugerism. I it's don't know what Dunning Krugerism means exactly. It, it means judging their standards by our own standards when they have a different set of standards. I don't know how people place. are going to judge standards by any standards but their they own. They don't have standards. That, that's why it's Dunning Krugerish. <laughs> okay, Jeanette, thank you for the call. I appreciate it. Thank you. But, I mean, we definitely live in a messed up world. Um, but it's not going to get any better by, uh, you know, do, yeah, doing kids. It is. It will. Be. No, no. I was not saying <laughs> it is to that. I did not expect that to go that direction. Right. Uh, it, it will be made better, though, with more forgiveness and more love and more peace and more compassion. Yeah, so there's a certain I, level of messed up that I'm willing to tolerate from a person just for, by the fact of they live in a messed up world. But most people don't rape children. So that in and of itself tells me. That that's not just the world doing that to you. That was that was you. That was you and you alone. And and you got to go because we can't we can't tolerate that. Well, I'm not going to allow any person to escape responsibility for their actions. I, I'm certainly not going to let the burglar or the drug addict or the child rapist go. Oh well, I'm just a victim of society myself. No, you made your decisions. You acted as an individual. You're responsible for those choices. But. You're saying that the consequences is that we all forgive them and... I'm saying we should. Well, let me... So you were saying that if somebody's caught in the commission of an act, if they're doing something that's threatening, they can be shot and killed. Yes. Like you were just saying, I'm going to shoot a burglar in my house. In self-defense, well, not retaliation. you're calling it self-defense. I mean, at this point, you know, it's... Uh, well, the, the difference may not be a passage of time. The difference is that the act is ongoing. Okay, right. I get it. You're, it's in the commission of the crime. Yes. The problem is, is that the kid is dealing with um, issues of authority. They're also unlikely to be armed because who gives a forty-five to a, a nine-year-old, right? Yeah. Um, I've got a, I've had a nine-year-old. He's eleven now, but I wouldn't hand him a gun. You know, I mean, I do take him out, and you know, he has shot a gun, but he does it under supervision. He doesn't get to carry one on his hip. Right. Um, so, well, I'm not expecting the nine-year-old to be able to defend themselves against. So, a, what you're saying rapist. is, is that you're you're comfortable with a situation where the where uh, a defenseless, unprotected person can be harmed, but when you're in a uh, you know threatened, even minor, a minor threat of a burglary, somebody's in your house. I don't I, I, look. You're I'm comfortable not, shooting let, them. Let me clarify that. I'm not going to stop to assess the threat. To determine whether or not my life is in danger by this person when my life could be in danger by this person. That's not 
Well, I get, I, I see where you're coming from. You're saying that if, if, if the threat is occurring and ongoing, it's okay to use a weapon to defend yourself. But you're saying, since I, I would love for a nine-year-old to be able to shoot a rapist that is trying to rape them. I would love that, but absolutely. You but you know that that's a highly impractical situation. But is that a result of culture? No, it's a result of age. Sometimes it's a result of of, strength. Of lack of training. Because when I was nine-year-old, I I absolutely would have been responsible enough to hold a gun. You're probably a very rare nine-year-old, and I support the nine-year-olds that are responsible (laughs) enough to carry a gun. It's not about age. It's about maturity. I don't know that most nine-year-olds are strong enough to pull the trigger on a gun that would be high enough caliber to actually do anything. Well, I mean, a 22, 22s kill more people in America than any other caliber every year. I mean, you can drop somebody with a 9mm. You can at least make them stop raping you. Right? Yeah, I think that <laughs> oh, okay. just firing the gun ought to take care of that. Everybody's deaf now. Part of my problem is I don't consider a someone who has in the past raped children walking around to be a non-threat. Like, just because they're like, oh, I'm sorry, I won't do it again. Like, they're not going to sit there and tell you they're going to do it again. That's well, see, you're applying different standards because of this one thing they did that you really, really disapprove of. Uh, yes, I do. Versus somebody who has a DUI or something like that, you know to be doing it again or is going to be likely to do it again. You're applying totally different standards there based on your own moral values, and I'm refusing to do that. I'm saying I don't approve of it in any direction. Free Talk Live, 855-450-3733. We'll still take your calls on this. 855-450-FREE. Don't you hate that feeling in the pit of your stomach when the police pull you over? Most people have no idea how to handle it properly, and they promptly get fed into the municipal fee-generating meat grinder. Or maybe you recall that feeling you get when you go to the mailbox and see one or more letters from the IRS. You get a sense of impending doom, don't you? So let me ask you, if you could learn how to use the law to beat the IRS, traffic tickets, almost any courtroom scenario, collectors, credit card debt, and even mortgage debt because of fraud perpetrated against you, would that be worth knowing about? Don't laugh. Investigate. Check out the life-changing benefits of the Lighthouse Law Club at their website, lighthouselaw.club. That's lighthouselaw.club. And while you're at it, visit the Lighthouse Law Club YouTube channel. You might be in for a pleasant surprise. Yeah, that's right. It is Free Talk Live, and you're welcome to call in and talk freely here. It's Free Talk Live after all. It's Mark with you. Melanie. Aria. The number is 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE. Let's jump right into the calls. we got Wesley here on the line. Wesley, you're on Free Talk Live. Yep, gotcha. What's on your mind? Okay, hey, uh, yeah, I was just listening to uh, the broadcast, and you guys were talking about violent criminals versus nonviolent criminals yep. and uh, prison sentence or reform. Uh, I'm speaking from personal experience. and uh, You've been to prison? I am ex-con. You're an ex-con? Yes, okay. Yeah, jail, prison and stuff. Um, to be honest, I was running around in jail and prison doing the same thing I was doing in the streets. I was, no. Loved getting in trouble, loved to fight. Uh, what actually changed me and changed my life around is when my uh, youngest brother, uh, his 
child, his son, was born two and a half prema- uh, two and a half months premature. So I was supposed to finish my six month sentence and be out at the time of my nephew's birth. And you missed it. It wasn't. Yeah. I missed it. That yeah. I literally it was that was the first time in my life I heard people say, Oh, they were so upset, so sick, they couldn't eat, they couldn't sleep. I had never experienced it until that moment yeah. in my life. The consequences that finally hit you. Changed me. Yeah. It did. How old were you uh, at the and, time? You know, I was 22. 22? Okay. And, uh, yeah, I, was, uh, I mean, I think uh, that those are, I had, I still, those are the things that happen. Go ahead. Mm-hmm. Uh, I was selling uh, weed, marijuana to my friends. It was a nonviolent crime. Uh, you know, I got caught, and I had to go to jail and, and spend my time in there. But, you know... Uh, that still stuff. It's still it's on my record and it haunts me. Eleven years later. Do you know? so. You were convicted. Uh, of, you were convicted of a nonviolent crime, but you were you know you like to fight and stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Okay. I grew up in that environment and that stuff. You know. Let, let me ask you uh, um, this too. What did while you were in? Did you learn things about how to be a better criminal, like say how to hotwire a car or um, how to rob a bank, or you know, did you get advice from other criminals on how to commit crime? Absolutely, absolutely. You know, yep. there's a saying uh, that jail and prison is a college for criminals. And yep. That's literally what it is. I mean, you go in there, and there's guys who have two, three life sentences who had been out, you know, ten years doing these things. They go in and. They tell you how to do it. You know, you give them some commissary. You look, you know, you see their records, their papers and stuff, and you learn so much more stuff. And if you don't have, you know, there's people that's been in there 20 years. They they might have kids, but they've never met their kid. Or, you know, their mother or father could be sick of cancer and die. Yep. And they literally get institutionalized, and they have nothing to lose, you know. In, in prison and jail, they're important. Out here, what we call the free world, they're not. They want to get out and work and earn a living for their children or for their family, you know. But they can't. Um, yeah, but the thing is, is that it haunts us years later. Like, I'm trying to get a governor's pardon now. Yeah. Unfortunately, that only happens every two years. You know, there's no guarantee. There's no set match of how many pardons you will get. I'm trying to get one through the uh, circuit courts, the district courts and stuff. You know, that's hard, too. It has to go through the sheriff and then your district, uh, you know, district courts, your district judges. You know, yeah, it's, it's a big thing, you know, it's I've a big process to try to go years. get a, a pardon or get your record expunged or whatever happens in your particular yeah, district. Exactly. It's exactly. It, 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 it isn't easy. Between expunged and sealed. What is happening know? as a result of your record? What 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 do you believe you aren't allowed to do because if you've got a felony everything for selling from, pot? Everything from everything from places that you uh, to live to lease to rent okay. um, apartments, homes, you know, houses. Uh, duplexes uh, work. I mean, it can even, I have been turned down uh, from actually Walmart Corporation. Uh, For a job? Regional manager came in, yes, told me I could not work in the, the tire and lube department. So you couldn't but change people's oil because you had sold pot 11 years ago. Exactly. Right, and exactly. I, 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 this absolutely happens. And for whatever reason, the you know the the way it is in the United States is it's okay to hate somebody because they had a conviction, God knows how long ago, and you know even if that hate uh, results in negative things for society, 
uh, you know, so what? It's uh, you know, it's it's worth doing. I don't know. I mean, it's it's completely insane. Uh, this this whole uh, the process. Now, are you telling me that? Are you telling these people at these apartments? Yes, I'm a convicted felon. And when they're asking, apartment usually, yeah, because checks. you know you fill you fill an application out, you know, and they will do a credit check, or some of them yep. do, you know, criminal background checks, and. I mean, I've always been honest and truthful, and it's helped me for the most part, I think, in life. But, you know, even if, you know, there's somebody there, whether it be a potential employer or a potential landlord, they say, oh, you're a great person. I like you. You know, yeah, I think we can do this. And then they ask you about your background, you know, just simple down down the list stuff. And they say, okay, any uh, criminal record history, anything? And you're like, yeah, I, you know, I do have one. Then they look at you and say, really? I can't believe somebody like you, yep. you know? That's what they say. And, and then you see, they look, you see it in their eyes, and they look at the paper, and they kind of get a little, uh, uh, yeah, we'll we'll have to check, and we'll we'll, we'll give you a call back. Sure. And then they talk to their and boss, and their boss hasn't point. met you, um, and so their boss exactly. just says, no, it's not worth the risk, because, you know, to their mind, it's not worth the risk. Um, exactly. I'm going to tell you this, Wesley. I spent eight and a half years in prison for a crime that, you know, I didn't commit, but I was certainly out there doing a bunch of dumb stuff, so I don't call myself falsely convicted. I'm just saying that, you know, I did a bunch of stuff, and so the, you know, the punishment, uh, you know, isn't necessarily exactly right for that crime. Things could have been different. Doesn't really make a difference. But when I got out, I decided these people aren't going to understand my explanations, and I'm just going to make it easy on them and lie about my record. I'm just not going to tell that oh, truth. Yeah. And oh yeah. As a result, I had, you know, I was able to get I believe I was turned down for one job one time where they checked. I've never had a rent situation, but I haven't rented a lot of places, so I can't really speak to that very Every much. apartment complex I've ever rented from or even looked into runs background checks. Yeah, but a lot of times you can rent a house from somebody and then have roommates and then you don't have as much of a problem or you can rent from the roommate and you definitely don't have a problem. You know, so, um, Wesley, I, I wish you the best with the uh, the governor's pardon thing. If it works out, I want to hear about it. Please call me back and let me know. Absolutely. Thanks for the call. Thank you, guys. 855-450-3733. Uh, you know, ladies and gentlemen, Mr. and Mrs. America, you have a guy, a nonviolent offender, you know, mildly violent. He was like to fight and stuff, he said, um, who has been taught how to commit crimes in jail and prison do you want to send people to a place where they get instruction on how to be a better criminal i believe there's an institutional problem with jails and prisons in the united states and they need to fundamentally be changed and that you can't you can't get that done by doing the same thing over and over again and we've already tried let's treat them as bad as possible as bad as legally possible Like, that's what we're doing right now in America. There is a jail or a prison right now in America that is treating somebody as bad as legally possible. And it it isn't good. Many times beyond what's legally. Oh, yeah. It happens all the time. We know that it's as bad as legally possible because they're getting caught all the time for violations. Now, you don't hear about it in the news because, well, Mr. and Mrs. America doesn't want to hear about you know these violations yeah they're in favor most of the time right they're they're much more afraid they want to listen to the evening news when you know i i listened to the evening news for the first time in years this weekend and well, they know what's going on just, just as horrying as it always was so you know this person got shot in this neighborhood and that person got shot in that neighborhood it's all the same stuff 
Same as it was. It's always the same news report. I mean, it might as well be I believe it. Yeah. So, but, I mean, they know these abuses are happening. They just want the the luxury of being able to turn a blind eye to it. Sure, they're not paying they're not paying attention. All I'm saying is is that um, you're, there's going to have to be a fundamental change. That fundamental change isn't going to occur. It's not going to be cheap. Now, you know, I'm sorry to say the Democrats have done a certain amount of research and they found that the ten thousand dollars you save, um, you, you spend on school programs today, results in a hundred thousand dollar savings in the future. And I think we have to agree that that's true. That there's, you know, we live in a real world. That's a fact. Eight five five four five zero three seven three three. Talk live. It is the li- this live edition. You're, you're welcome to call in, and if, if it's between 7 p.m. and 10 p.m. Eastern time, we're live. Uh, that's what Free Talk Live does. So the number is eight five five four five zero three seven three three. It's Mark with you, Melanie. Are you eight five five four five zero three seven three three? I was just told this, this just in. This just in uh, from Ian here, who's now sitting in the studio. Uh, he uh, that we apparently are um, no longer considered mature content on D Live. Uh, so DLive dot com. Go to DLive dot dot com, and you can see our stream there. Follow us, please. By by, by God, the D Live's now become very important because PewDiePie, the number one streamer in the world, is uh, has now switched over. So, um, you know, Free Talk Live switched the same day. So see if we can get some. And we got it's been a pretty positive situation, except for the whole mature content thing. Uh, We got labeled mature content because apparently they consider anybody who wants to talk about issues mature. Maybe maybe they consider us boring, but that's for the listener to determine. It may be back after tomorrow night. Yeah. Well, we'll see. Uh, Maybe we need to make two streams. One's the mature uh, stream and one's the non-mature stream. I don't know. We'll figure that out as time goes by. But, uh, yeah, anyway, check us out. It's DLive. Oh, no, Ian's written something down here. DLive.LRN.FM. It's called DLive TV. DLive.TV. DLive.LRN.FM, I guess, is the stream, because Ian hasn't spent any time putting it on DLive.FreeTalkLive.com. This would be a simple act for him to do. He's sitting right over there doing <laughs> God knows what. Might as well get to work. Let's go to Gene, the Christian anarchist, calling in on the Discord lines. Ladies and gentlemen, listen to how clear he sounds. Gene, you're Hello, on Hello, guys. Hey. And yes, guys carries no gender in this context. Now, there's a couple of words that carry no gender. Guys is one and man is another one. I disagree man. entirely. I got to stick. I got to go with Mark on this one. Uh, gals yep. is obviously a gender term. So is gals guys. has gender. It, man is, it is mankind. It is. Ge- and no, carries no gender. Uh, I man think that, is absolutely. It, it depends on the context. It I, 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 will, I will go with that. It doesn't. And that's a remnant of that same old chauvinism and misogyny that's been uh, carried no, throughout the English language for Hundreds of years. Oh, you just caused me to switch sides. Mankind, just like mankind does not. Hold on, dude. Just like they were always like, "Oh no, you should write he" when you don't know the gender of the person you're talking about. Absolutely. That's how we ended up with guy. That's how we ended up with man. That's how we ended up with all of these masculine words being used to refer to everybody. Agreed. It's just a remnant of that. Masculine is the 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 gender that you use in English if you do not know the gender of the person of whom you speak. And the reason I would say that's true. 
Well, look, I'm looking for things that make my sentences easier. Sure. Right? Like I don't want I would rather say the black guy crossed the street than the African American gentleman of sub Saharan African descent um, uh, who's non gender binary uh, pronoun. Like, I just don't, like, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, screw you and your pronouns and all this stuff. I, like, I'm going to do my best here, but no, um, I, I say he because I don't want to have to say he or she because now you've okay, taken well, one I- syllable and made it, made it into three. Now, I see I, I, I buzzed everybody here, but that's yeah. not really what I called about. I'm mad, but, and I'm not it, giving up. <laughs> anyways, when I use the terms, they carry no gender. So there, if it's an anarchist society, I get to make my own rules. Those are my rules. You, that's you live not really by your how rules. languages work, but okay. <laughs> you, I live by my rules. You live by your worlds. But anyways, the, t- the, the real issue I called you about is that you guys, all three of you, do not seem to understand what a true liberty society looks like one that has 100% liberty liberty and 0% uh, authority so in those society in that society and I've, we don't have one yet and nope. i don't know if we're ever going if we're ever going to get there i don't know but in but in such a society you don't get to make rules as to what punishment is for what crime the the in a true liberty society if somebody commits a crime the first person to get to them is the one that writes the rules on their punishment. Now, if I get to them first and I happen to belong to a group of By people. By what arrogance do you set yourself up to be judge, jury, and executioner for people? Let me finish. No, no, that, that question in. deserves being can, answered. We can, we can get into my arrogance in a minute, but let me finish my statement. When I, when, if you live in a society that's truly liberty and no rules and somebody commits a crime and I don't like what they did, then I will do what I want to do to them. Now, if I belong to a group of individuals who happen to have funded a prison and we want, and I want to stick that person in that prison, which I have partially funded along with a group of other people, then that's what I'm going to do with that person. If, on the other hand, I just happen to have a gun and I want to shoot them, I will shoot that person. You call now, yourself Christian anarchist, correct? Yes. Now there's, you know Christ there's repercussions. is looking down on you and shaking your head right Listen, now. Listen, because that's absolutely appalling. Yeah, that's that is appalling, and I didn't say that I would do that. I'm saying you literally this just said you would what... do that. He said he was, he was oh the first God. one to get there. It's a, it's a, it's a. I said if. Did you hear the if there? I, I so, did. Listen. So if the situation what... were true and we were in a true libertarian society. You would be people's judge, jury, and executioner. I am trying to explain to you what the society is like, not necessarily what I would do. Now, I don't, I don't belong to a group that has funded a prison, so I'm not going to put them in prison. I don't necessarily, I'm, I'm not necessarily going to shoot them. I'm saying that in this kind of society, you will be able to do any of those things. Those will all be on the table because nobody's writing the rules. Now, if I shoot that person, and I killed them, then I have repercussions to bear as well. The repercussions in a liberty society are what keeps people in line. If I shoot that person and their daddy don't like it, he's going to come and shoot me. So you have a a, a, a trail of have a reason rather than forgiveness is what you have. You have a reason to be peaceful in a society with no rules. You see what I'm saying? And I get it. You, I, I can't say it sounds very okay. attractive. It sounds like a now, bunch of uh, Hatfield say, McCoy stuff. 
No, it it will work itself out in the end. Now, if you want somebody to be in prison for a certain crime, then you fund the prison. I'm not going to fund that prison. And prisons are highly expensive and inefficient, so I don't think anybody's going to do that. I could be wrong. It just seems unlikely to me. So that is the point that I'm trying to get at. In a true liberty society, you don't get to write the rules as to what somebody's punishment is. I don't care what you think. If you think it's not good to, to use the death penalty, then fine. Don't exercise the death penalty on people. But if somebody else thinks that the death penalty is appropriate and they want to exercise that death penalty, there is no rule to stop them. So Gene, now, if they exercise the death penalty and somebody else comes back for revenge, that's on them. Gene, so uh, when I talk about this stuff, I only talk about steps in the right direction. You rarely oh, find like me to. discussing, well, this would happen in this uh, fictitious world that I don't know that I'm going to uh, get to. Now, I appreciate you calling in. I'm not saying you shouldn't have. Uh, I'm, just, I'm just saying that anything you heard from me uh, generally is, is talking about how to make things better and more just, not think how things uh, how to make things, you know, how things would happen in, in, a, in, a, in a fictitious uh, freedom But you world. guys are talking about liberty, and then you're talking about rules. The two don't go hand in hand. Thank you for the call. You're welcome. 855-450-3733. It's 855-450-FREE, as in Free Talk Live. Bitcoin.com wants you to know about SaveItPurse.com. Since launching in 2014, over 200,000 users have saved an average of 15% for a combined $4 million using Bitcoin, or BTC. And now, you can use Bitcoin Cash, BCH, to fund your account. You can save between 5 to 33% on things you're going to buy anyway when you shop using SaveItPurse.com. Add items to your cart, fund your account, select your discount, and save. SaveItPurse.com. SaveATPurse.com. It's Free Talk Live. You are welcome to call in, talk about whatever's on your mind. It's Mark with you. Melanie. And Aria. Let's, uh, well, let's go to the phones here, but real quick before we do, I want to tell you about ForkFest. ForkFest is a party Free Talk Live is going to be at. It's a camping party in the woods at the White, at Rogers Campground, the White Mountains, New, White Mountains of New Hampshire. It's going to be a lot of fun. It's not just camping. It's going to be lots of different things going on. People vending food. People are going to be doing uh, events. There's something called Man Camp going on. Uh, this is our third year of our little camping event. It's nothing official. There's no tickets other than you have to get you know, come in, pay to be at the campground. Uh, you decide what to do. It's June the 13th through the 18th, so it's coming up at Rogers Campground, and it's right before the Porcupine Freedom Festival. Go to forkfest.party. You can join the Telegram chat. You can, uh, they've got the Forkfest forum there. The unofficial website is forkfest.party. Come on out and join us. Let's go to the phones. We've got uh, Rat Speed. Rat Hello. Speed. You're on Free Talk Live. What's on your mind? Hi. Well, okay. Um, and, and this is part. This call is partially due to the fact that I haven't been able to listen uh, to Free Talk Live very much over the last maybe six to eight months. No one wants to and, hear your excuses. Uh, <laughs> well, Aria, um, I'm I'm glad to see uh, someone who's transgender on the show. First of all, um, Thank uh, you. because you know you're welcome. Um, and you look very pretty. Uh, I just want to say <laughs> uh, that 
I have had, and, and I have transgender friends in in, uh, in real life as well, like uh, locally to me. I'm glad you online. have friends. Just teasing. Oh, thank you. <laughs> oh, believe me, with with, with how uh, uh, how offensive I could be at times, I'm surprised I do. But uh, what I wanted to ask about is uh, Aria. Can I ask what your personal take is on pronouns as far as what you prefer to be called and what you object to be called for instance like the word they i know a lot of people especially if they're gender queer or gender fluid they usually like to be called they sometimes sometimes i hate that one what 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 is what's your own personal opinion on that i was curious well i prefer she and her over he and him but uh it's not something i get bent out of shape about uh, because this pronoun selection thing, it happens on unconscious levels. People don't really give it any thought whether or not they should say he or she when they encounter someone. Well, what if they are giving a thought? What if I just say he and I drag it out well, a little not bit? Just, <laughs> I mean, people do that to she. me. They do. Not just he or she, though. Right. Um, I, and I understand there, in... there's Z and they and all of that. They, I find to be, we're, we were talking about anonymous uh, English and how it handles um, not knowing the gender of the person with whom you're speaking earlier oh, I, am so I actually glad. prefer they over he or she uh it's sloppy mm-hmm. sure to use a noun a pronoun known to be plural to refer to a single individual but it's it's mm-hmm. also not entirely grammatically incorrect it isn't yes, please tell me how it's it, not it, it, because ah, if, ah, if you okay, were to okay, say he okay. or she uh you are referring to two theoretical people no you're t- f- th- referring to one theoretical okay, person okay. who may be of either gender I can help out here. I, I, I'm a, I'm a grammar Nazi. Um, All right. Okay. It's, okay. <laughs> this is this can invade is Poland over over a period at the end of the sentence. Go ahead. Uh, well, I'm actually a I, trained I, I, editor, so let's hear it. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think you're on the right track. the The proper use of it is when something is being referred to as an indefinite indefinite article. In other words, someone he or she who has not been personally identified as an individual. And the way that you can test this is if you use the word they in a singular pronoun when you know who the person is. For instance, if you say they is going to the market. That's incorrect, but yeah, that's essentially right. what you would have to do. So that's where a definite article comes in. And once the definite article has been established, you're supposed to say he, she, or whatever definite clause or definite pronoun is supposed to use. Now, the reason why I brought this up, and I'm glad that you kind of see it from a clinical analytical standpoint, I see it the same way. I have actually been called uh, a transphobic hater especially with people that I talk to online. I've been called that as well. (laughs) It drives me nuts. I'm just so, okay. So that's, I was just curious and, and, you know, it's getting near the end of the the program. And I just thought, okay, well, maybe I should uh, call up with something that's slightly frivolous because as far as I'm concerned, everyone's an individual and everyone should be respected. And just because I accidentally use the wrong pronoun doesn't mean that I'm attacking your identity. So I agree. for I me, to... <laughs> I'm willing to do, look, if you, if, if you're going to take the effort to put a dress on in the morning, all right, <laughs> I'll call you her and, and she not a problem with me. Yeah. Well, it if, takes more effort to put on pants than it does a dress. Uh, whatever. Uh, like, I don't know. I don't spend a lot of time putting dresses on. It would be hard for me to put a dress on. I can Mark. tell you that. Mark, Mark, we need to do that. We need to put you to the test. You need <laughs> we to got him to dye his hair blue. On the air once. We'll put me on. Uh, we'll put. We'll put a dress on me for if we can raise some money for uh, the next oh. uh, cause that I put together. But we'll, you wear one we'll of my talk dresses? about that later. I, I'll and wear by something. The way, uh, 
I have been listening to this show long enough to know that you are the artist formerly known as Manwich. Oh, yeah, man. You have been listening a long it's, time. It's been a long time, but I have enjoyed the show so far. Stay on the air, guys. Thanks for the call, Ratspeed. 855-450-3733. So if you're willing to, to go through the efforts of uh, pretend, you know, pretending to be a gender you're not, fine. I understand. I'm coming from this conservative uh, background. Whatever. You know, I, I'm just doing the best I can here. And, and you know, I appreciate that and respect that. I think that's where a lot of trans people go wrong is that they're not willing to recognize that, you know, other people are putting in the effort in right. a lot of cases. But where I'm not willing to go is, A, I'm not willing to do the them, they thing. Just not going to do that. I Sorry, I'm not using plurals in uh, the singular uh, slots, and I'm unwilling to do it. You you may be able to convince me otherwise, but today, at this moment sure. in time, as, as the words fall out of my mouth, no. Well, if um, I know and, I'm referring to a single person, I'm going to choose he or she based on their characteristics. But if it's an unknown person, I'm going to say they. Now, you might be able to convince me through conversation that there is a particular new set of pronouns that makes some sense, like the Zs and the uh, Zim and all this uh, stuff See, out there. See, that's what they won't convince me of. See, I, if, if you just want to make new words, Quakers, I am a Quaker, uh, Quakers did this a lot. They decided they didn't like uh, the months of the year because like March means Mars. So, nope, can't have that. So they call it first month, second month, third month. They also didn't like the days of the week because Wednesday Creative. is Woden's day and Saturday is Saturn's day and it just goes on from there. So they called it first day, second day, third day, first day being Sunday, uh, second day being Monday, uh, you know, and on from there. So they'd say, you know, uh, see you first day, uh, you know, the fourth first first day of the third month or whatever is how they would refer to these things. And they, they you know, mix their language up. And I get it. If you've got reasons for doing it, that's fine. I don't think that because you, the listener, like a particular set of pronouns that it somehow makes anything necessarily incumbent upon me, though. Right? Like, I'm going to use the pronouns I'm going to use. I've been convinced at this point that um, that politeness uh, overrides the, uh, you know, the, this, the stalwart defense of the English language from the standpoint of gender or whatever. I used to be of that opinion, but I realized, look... I control words. Words don't control me. So I'm willing to, you know, take a step forward. But uh, they, they and them, I guess I'm just not. You know, no thanks. I'm stiff-necked on some things. I just find it easier. Well, you know, it's it's your use of the language. If somebody's confused, though, that's your problem, right? Like they were expecting, oh, you're here for the party. I thought you were bringing a group. No, I never said anything like that. <laughs> oh, by God, you did. You said they would be here at such and such a time or whatever. Um, I, you know, I'm, I'm just using you know, yeah. the example um, that you can create a confu- some confusion around language. Language sure. is confusing enough, let alone tossing in plurals where singulars are supposed to be. Let's go to David calling in from New Mexico here. At least let him tease his call. David, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, um, fact checks, first of all. Oh, the, uh, I love so fact you're talk, you're talk, Yeah, so you're talking about uh, catching more flies with um, honey than vinegar. Yes, on the but first call of the night. Do, I mean, you catch even more with cow patties. <laughs> yeah. and, and, Hold and, the line, and, David. Got, Hold yeah. the line. <laughs> I got the funny comments, so I'm just going to say it right there. The number is 855-450-3733. What's the gender of the cow patty? 855-450-3. Free Talk Live.
Talk Live. Phone lines are full. I say we get right down to it. Thanks to the amplifiers, we'll go back to David in New Mexico. David, you're back on Free Talk Live. Yeah, so anyway, quick on the fact checks. The, if you uh, uh, Nowadays, people buy their vinegar from the store, but for most of uh, eternity, people made their own vinegar. Their, their fermented fruit turned into um, uh, alcohol, and then after alcohol, it turned into vinegar. But And so if you do an experiment, if you make your own vinegar out of whatever you want to, and here's a good one, if you take a glass of beer and just let it stand at room temperature, within a day or two, it turns, you can taste it, it starts turning to vinegar. Hmm. And if you put uh, a tub of honey in, uh, in a glass of a beer that's turned to vinegar, uh, or it's turning to vinegar, you'll, the, the honey will have almost no flies in it, and the beer will be full. And then uh, on uh, trigger pull, you know, Mel was talking about children and guns. In this country, uh, even in this state, in New Mexico, uh, toddlers are constantly shooting themselves and their siblings when they get a hold of their parents' handguns. The trigger pull on a handgun, I think, is around three pounds, uh, three to four pounds. The absolute lowest is supposed to be two, so three, four pounds is typically typically what it is. And like I said, the toddlers are constantly shooting. Uh, they're <laughs> shooting what they're not supposed to shoot. Um, uh, anyway, you. It's so the reason I like single actions. I like a single action yeah. uh, a pistol because it basically has a built-in safety. You gotta pull that big old hammer back, and then you gotta you gotta uh, light trigger pull at that point usually. But uh, you know, it it tends to solve yeah. that problem. Yeah, well, pulling well, yeah, it's a two-step thing. Pulling the hammer back doesn't take all that much pull either. Um, but anyway, you were, had had a conversation earlier with Sarah about the radio business and and banning. And Sarah had been banned once from uh, from uh, the main radio station here in in uh, in uh, Albuquerque. I don't know what she did. The the producer there, one of the producers, told me that she was on the list, and then she got off of it. Um, and I don't I don't know what she did to get off of it. But um, uh, Ian, you uh, has been talking in the past about uh, how you. Well, I guess both of you. You have conversations about like Michael Savage goes off the air, so it's more opportunity for you guys to fill in. Uh, you know, fill in the calendar block at different radio stations for time slots, which basically makes the point that radio time is finite. It's not infinite. Yep. Um, you know, if you count the web, it's infinite. But if you're talking about broadcast, there's a finite space of bandwidth uh, for, uh, you know, 24 hours a day on, on X number of frequencies that are available and being used. And so it's a finite commodity. So that's one one important thing. Go, going to you were talking about reasons people get banned. You know, and I'm, obviously I'm talking about this because people like to ban me, um, uh, and so um, I picked up on that. And one of the things that you missed in banning is not you know being being argumentative or whatever is one. Being boring is another. Being single subject is another. However, uh, uh, the the subject matter. I mean, on your program you deal people call in with complaints, problems, controversy, whatever. Yep. And so there and there's a million different a million of those different ones. However, people don't. There, there seems to be a bias against the, the the population of people that have been afflicted the way I have over their children. For some reason, people don't want to hear about it. And, and on radio instance, generally, yeah, radio generally. And, and let me give you a real life real life example and a really good one. Uh, well, one would be that I've been flat out uh, told that uh, multiple times on air and off air about how nobody cares. The, the sub, the, it's, well, yeah, and it's a ratings killer. Yeah. That you know, the bottom line in radio is money. I don't know what your bottom line is, but to everybody else, it's money, and and it's a ratings killer, and therefore it costs them money. And so that's why 
they ban somebody if, if that's, you know, when, when somebody calls up about their gun rights, everybody's happy to talk about it. But when somebody calls up about, you know, about the kids that, rights. Uh, uh, yeah. children disappearing. I think another thing is, David, they just don't know what to do. Right? It's it's a desperate situation. A, a parent that has been separated from their kid unjustly, uh, when, what they feel to be unjustly, um, is it's a desperate situation and you want to help, but you don't know how and you're not necessarily sure one of these parties is lying always. So you're not necessarily sure whether you're listening to the liar and that's just kind of you know how humans are about any situation like that. Well, wait a wait a minute. No, that's not necessarily true. One of the parties is not necessarily always lying because Almost always. two two part two parties can go into a courtroom and both of them tell the truth, and neither one of them have done anything grievous enough to warrant a a loss of what they want. In this case, their children. However, the court being and you're not going to argue with me on this one. The court being not intrinsically not fair, not just, not equal. Uh, not intelligent, you know, all of the negatives you can think of. In most cases, the majority of the time, they're all of that. Occasionally, you get individual judges in a, in a court that are decent human beings and do the right thing. But the majority of the time, that's not what, it's not about justice. It's about, you know, what we're going to do what we want to do, and we're going to finagle the law to make it happen. David, um, I don't disagree and, with you. Uh, i got to let you go. Thank you for the call. Yeah. Appreciate it. 855-450-3733. Let's go to... Looney calling in from, I believe, Arizona. Looney, you're on Free Talk Live. Hey, Mark, uh, I believe, I think you meant double action on that one. Um, no, a double action, you can pull the trigger and the hammer will come back. It's a long trigger pull. But Well, isn't that what you're talking about? about no, what I'm talking about is a single action where you have to pull the hammer back and then you've got a trigger pull to fire the weapon. If you didn't pull the hammer back, then it would pull back. As you pull the trigger, I don't believe that's true in a single action. I believe that it's a revolver where pulling the trigger back doesn't do anything until you have pulled the hammer back, and then yeah. you pull well, the trigger. I don't trigger. want to get into the into the minutia of handguns. That's certainly not my my wheelhouse. Certainly anyway, not mine either. Uh, <laughs> uh, the reason I called was that uh, in about two hours from now uh, in Los Angeles is going to be a talk by a guy named Brock Davignon. Uh I don't suppose there's any listeners that could make it, but uh, oh, it's uh, not going to be on the internet. Well, it will be, but not live. Anyway, okay. the, what he's what he's going to be talking about is a is a, is a creative uh, a new idea to uh, uh, create presidential debates online and uh, tech record. Um, and back in 1992, he was instrumental in in putting together a a, a satellite based uh, opinion voting system that got. Uh, a lot of independent candidates, especially Mr. Ross Perot, a lot more uh, uh, um, visibility. Hmm. So he's trying to uh, give let everybody have that. Um, it's called Debate Tourney 2020, and uh, it's part of a larger uh, uh, he's putting together. And uh, I, I think that uh, this presidential debate issue i think is a hot one and it's going to become hotter as they, we come closer to the election it where is, can people find out more uh it's debate com, debate t-o-u-r-n-e-y okay. and uh it's part of freedom net freedom tv networks.com oh. and uh i will give you more information as, as it develops but uh thanks for letting us uh, get a chance to say something about it and you'll be hearing more about it Thank you so much. Appreciate it, Paul. All right. 
855-450-3733. I didn't really keep anonymity there. Uh, the online name was Looney, but I happen to know that's Paul. <laughs> <laughs> I've met uh, uh, Paul and uh, his uh, girlfriend uh, several times. I think it's girlfriend. Maybe it's wife. I don't know. Uh, look, uh, what a, Whatever. It's a piece of paper. Speaking um, of presidential campaigns, so Bill Weld announced his campaign to be— As the- what? Republican as a Republican, so yeah. was a uh, the Libertarian vice now a Republican. This happens a lot to the uh, the Libertarian Party, is as they. Yeah, you would think they would stop courting these washed up Republicans at some point. You'd think. I'll bet you. This is just a guess that Bill Weld hopes to run against uh, Trump, and then when that fails, which inevitably it will, against the sitting president, right? Right. Uh, just a sort of a protest vote. Possibly. He's going to come back to the LP. And come back to the LP him. with the intention of. Um, well, you know, just uh, uh, seeing if they can get back on board. And, well, we'll see. So uh, we, we had a call on here, but, uh, well, I guess we don't now. Where were just we on this well? uh, the story? <laughs> <laughs> I've forgotten what story we were talking about even. Melanie, what was it here? It was the IMF yeah, and the Joanna Assange. Yeah, oh, yeah, that was pretty much it. They gave them money and made them... Have a plan, and then a month later, for no reason, Julian Assange got arrested. That that was that was basically it. And uh, the other two pieces of show prep sitting here are uh, some cop apparently mistakes his uh, taser again as a gun and uh, shoots and kills somebody. Yep. Yep. And then uh, some senator apparently says Sasan Assange is U.S. property. Yes, a West Virginia senator said, "We're going to extradite him. It will be really good to get back on the United States soil." So now he's our property, and we can get the facts and truth from him. West Virginia Democrat told CNN. I don't think telling the truth was ever Julian Assange's problem. <laughs> yeah, that's not something you have to <laughs> kidnap him for. He's pretty open with the truth. Get him back on U.S. soil. These people act like he's an American. Yeah, he's, <laughs> he's Australian. Right? Well, he can't Australian. be. Those go see a treason. He right. can't be, actually. Right. He hasn't committed treason. Just because it's not something you like doesn't mean it's treason. Check us out, uh, freetalklive.com. Um, Ian's really pushing this uh, dlive.lrn.fm. I think it's worth going over there and t- doing a like. I did it, and I actually I like their service, dlive.lrn.fm. All right, it's another edition of the Edgington Post Show. Mark Edge here for Free Talk Live. I've got Mark Emery from Lighthouse Law. Mark, can you hear me? Yes, sir, loud and clear. Excellent. So um, tell me a little bit about Lighthouse Law. Lighthouse Lock Club uh, was created as a self-study, self-help organizations where members of like minds, i.e. freedom-minded, can come together, share their knowledge and experiences. There's a lot of people studying a lot of issues out there. And uh, that being the case, um, you know, there's no one person that knows it all. I've got a lot of experience in a lot of areas, but uh, Lord knows I'm deficient in so many others, and that's where our other members come into play. So it's a community of freedom-minded individuals who are, in many cases, well-advanced in their knowledge in what I call freedom technology, which covers a broad spectrum of subjects. Maybe we can get into a little bit um, where we can all help each other advance that much more quickly in our knowledge, in our empowerment, and that type of thing as we seek to free ourselves really from from the matrix as much as possible, or at least protect ourselves in the event that we get attacked. And those attacks are happening 
ever more frequently, unfortunately. When you're talking about so a tax, you're talking about, uh, you know, governments of all different uh, stripes coming after your money and your freedom. Yeah, exactly. You know, the IRS is, is going after people right and left with illegal processes. You know, the uh, you know local municipal uh, code enforcers, uh, revenuers are out there uh, snagging people off the road, looking for business. Um, and it comes in all forms uh, out there. So, yeah. So what are some of the, the areas where you guys sort of specialize? Well, I mentioned the IRS. Um, that's a big one. For yeah, that's a, a, that's a big one. It's the one, that, it's the one that scares me. <laughs> uh, you know, protecting yourself from the IRS is really very simple. The concept is very simple. Uh, I, I do a simple workshop on this. It's available online. Uh, and, and it, it boils down to this. There are two roads that the IRS travels on to cause problems for you. They're going to do one of two things. Okay. They're either they're either going to try and steal your stuff, or they're going to try and throw you into jail. All right. So there's a civil route, the criminal route, and if you can block both of those two roads that they travel on, you just turn around, say bye bye, and they're out of your life forever. And it's not that hard to do, especially if you're independent in terms of uh, uh, running your own business being able to manage your own affairs. If you've got a corporate paycheck, it gets a little bit more difficult, but certainly uh, uh, not impossible, just requires a little more work. But stop the civil road, block the, the criminal road, and you're done with the IRS. So um, now when you, it's a, you know, Lighthouse Law is a club, um, that means that People have to do some of this work on their own, I would presume. Um, do you guys offer services too, or is it mostly just sort of advice oriented? Well, that's a great question because uh, these days um, most people are generally lazy. <laughs> well, yeah, <laughs> and they don't like to do things that they don't know that much about either. Yeah, yeah, that's just it. We're all about empowerment and helping people to learn what they need to do to protect themselves. And it's not that difficult. Yes, it does apply uh, or require some applied diligence. Um, there's no doubt about that. But um, in addition to that primary concept of empowering people to, you know, uh, arm themselves with knowledge, we do have all forms of support um, in terms of other dealing with other members, getting direct online support, you know, in a live chat room. We have paralegals that are available. We have specialists to uh, to work with people that have teams of uh, uh, lawyers. For example, we're going after the banks for fraud and, and forgery, believe it or not. They're, most people's mortgage documents contain forgery. Yeah, that's, to mention that's been in the mainstream news uh, often is that basically banks are you know, they're, they're pretending like legal documents just don't matter for them. Yeah. Yeah. It's a nice criminal racket. It's racketeering. The entire mortgage industry is a racket uh, run by the mafia. And uh, the problem that we have, the reason we have so many legal problems these days is that we, the people, have been, you know, basically fat, lazy and ignorant. And we've allowed them to get away with these things for so long without standing up, without holding anybody accountable to the law, 
at this point, they're just doing pretty much whatever the heck they want, yeah. regardless of the law. Yeah, that that about so, sums it up. Uh, they, the ones that uh, hold the power, and by they I mean uh, captains of industry, banks, uh, governments. They do do what they want, and um, you know, I mean, the only recourse we really have besides moving is the legal system. Yeah, yeah. You know, when I started this whole process, you know, on my own personal journey, uh, it was back in the early '90s. In those days the institutions of the world at least tried to hide what they're doing. You know, if, you, if you'd expose it, they'd be sensitive to that, and you'd have a much better chance of getting a positive reaction. But today, they just don't care. It's all out in the open, you know. And so, so it really, people, people really need to be prepared, and that's, that's what we're here for. Unfortunately, too many people wait until it's broken before they try to fix it. But the easiest way to solve a problem is to arm yourself in advance and prevent it from ever happening in the first place. And that's what we're trying to get across to people. Get involved, arm yourself with knowledge and resources so these problems don't come up. So taxes and mortgages, um, these are, you know, these are two big areas. What's that's uh, the number one and the number three area in your life that you're going to spend money. Um, Cars are the next one. Um, What other areas do you guys help with and which ones don't you? Okay, well, um, you know, there's a lot of people that are starting to understand uh, what's involved uh, basically in how the corporate municipal government gets their hooks into you. And that's by you having all the trappings of a resident doing business in the state of California or wherever you're at. Right. Okay. Uh, most people understand the states are municipal corporations. We're, we're not operating in the republic. We're not operating in common law. We're not operating under the Constitution. So don't be demanding your constitutional rights. Everything is governed by contract. So you need to understand these things. So with that basic understanding, people are working to get those hooks of the municipal corporations out of them so they no longer have the trappings that would identify them as being a resident doing business in the state. That's how you get regulated, okay? If you don't have those trappings, then uh, then you're not subject to the regulation. Right. Um, so people will call me a resident of the state of New Hampshire pretty regularly, and I'm uh, very specific that I'm not. Um, resident appears to legally be no different than the term occupant uh, here in this particular state. So, um, you know, there's there's all kinds of responsibilities that go with being a resident and really no advantages. So why would I be a resident? It appears to be just something that you declare. Yeah. Let me just uh, put some light on that. The word itself, resident, is broken up into two parts. Res, the root is res. That's Latin for the thing. All right? Ident is a root word for identified. Okay? The thing identified. Identified as what? As theirs, as inventory, as subject to regulation. So are you the thing identified as being a part of the municipal corporation subject to the uh, compelled performance statutes? And that's one of the first things a judge will ask you to establish jurisdiction in the courtroom. Right. They'll say, well, Mark, um, you know, uh, where do you reside? What's your residence? Yep. And uh, I did a presentation at Anarchapoco here recently. I, I went into that routine 
Um, it's available on our YouTube page if anybody's interested. But uh, but you don't want any of those trappings to, to stick to you. So if they uh, go to YouTube.com uh, and they search for Lighthouse Law Club, they'll find it? Yeah. Okay. You've got a lot of videos there, a lot of interesting, informative videos, I'm sure. Yep. And uh, one of the things that I say whenever I'm asked questions like, um, you know, what is your residence and a whole variety of questions, there's a whole bunch of them out there, is basically I ask, a, um, you know, I ask, look, I just say, look, that sounds like a legal question and I'm not a lawyer, so I can't answer those questions. Um, and, you know, I just drop it at that uh, because at this point, uh, many words, uh, you know, words can be legalese or they can be real life. And in real life, sure, residence, no problem. We use the term residence to mean where you live. And, you know, I get some mail here or wherever it might be. And that could be your residence. But um, from a legal standpoint, it means something entirely different if you declare it to somebody who's working for the government uh, because they're going to be asking questions. Um, you know, they may not even know that they're asking a question that's, uh, you know, that they need a legal answer for, but that's what they're doing. Yeah, yeah. Words have meaning. And uh, when you're dealing with uh, officials and officialdom and attorneys, you know, they might be saying one thing. You're hearing what you think they're saying, but what they're really saying is something completely different that you're completely unaware of. And so you fall into the trap. Yep. And uh, once they once you're in the trap, then they then they can do what they want with you, and you're just going to go for it because well, those are what your options are. That's it's not yeah. like it's not happening to everybody everywhere. Yeah, yeah. You just don't know any better. And so, you know, um, you know, in the days of old, you know, people. I just had a conversation with someone who said that today an MBA education is probably not even equivalent to the knowledge that high school graduates had 50 years ago. You know, um, so our level of education is uh, is suffering greatly. And, uh, you know, we're all victims of our own ignorance. And so that's the purpose of the Lighthouse Law Club is to try and remove that veil of ignorance so that we start understanding some of these things and we can operate in our life. There's a commercial term I shouldn't be using, but operate in our life uh, with a lot more um, success and uh, in protection. Yeah, so um, I, don't, I don't know. I mean, you know, 50 years ago, maybe they did get better educations. Uh, maybe they didn't. I don't know the answer. But I know that the, uh, um, you know, they just keep on adding the, you know, those in power keep on adding more and more layers of obfuscation to what it is that, uh, that they do. And in many cases, you don't really have an option. Uh, as an individual, you're just like, well, I, I guess I got to just take the deal they're giving me because I got to go about making a living and doing the things that uh, life has to, to offer. Uh, I don't have time to, to be concerned with all the rest of this stuff. But in the process, they're, that, like what you're saying, they're putting their hooks into you. Yeah. Yeah. And, and it's really a shame that people are not taught to be critical thinkers, self-sufficient, independent-minded. You know, they're taught to basically, you know, get out of the uh, conveyor belt and uh, just conform, you know. Go into debt, get married, have a family, go into debt, buy a house, buy a car on credit, and you never end up owning anything. Think about it. You never end up owning anything. Even if you paid off your mortgage, you don't own the house. You have real estate, which is, by definition, the right to use property, but you don't own the land. You, where's the title of the land? You don't have it. 
Um, I don't even you know. Most people lease their these I, days. I haven't figured out how. Well, yes, uh, the, the the fact the fact of the matter is is that any home that you own here, at the very least in the United States, I don't know about any place else, but when you own a home here in the United States, you don't own it. You pay the equivalent of annual rent in order to use the land. And anybody who's paid property taxes understands that functionally the difference between uh, property taxes and rent is basically zero. I'm not saying that the the government doesn't provide services, and I understand that services cost money. All that's fine and dandy. I don't have a particular problem with that. However, you don't own it unless you control it, and you don't control it. So is there yeah. some kind of are you claiming there's some kind of solution to this because I've looked hard far and wide and I haven't found much Well we know what the solution is and there's a number of people tracking down the way to reach the solution that's a little bit less clear oftentimes depending on who you're dealing with you know in the county recorder's office and the solution is real simple is you you change the status of that property of that deed from being residential to private. All right. Uh, we've got several people who are hot on that trail. A couple people that we know have actually done it. But as you know, much depends on who you're with, how much leeway they're willing to give you, you know, how, how willing they are to conform to truth rather than policy. And uh, a lot of variables in that. But that's a solution. Get a change from residential status to private property. Yeah, I'm glad to and see then, that somebody's working yeah. on it. Um, you know, I, I'm, I'm interested to see how far that goes, uh, you know, in, in, in the process. But, uh, yeah, I mean, it, it also depends on, right, it depends on which tax collector you're dealing with and how much money they're expecting to squeeze out of you. It's probably a lot easier when you're in rural Wyoming pay, pay, paying, I don't know, $100 a, a year in property tax than it is if you're on Long Island paying 25000 yeah, yeah, no <laughs> doubt about it. Yeah, what's it going to cost them, huh? Yeah, I know. Uh, uh, wasn't it New Hampshire that has a pending bill to uh, uh, require the state to issue non-commercial uh, driver's licenses and plates um, to non-commercial drivers? They but, um, often have bills like that. Is put in by a particular legislator um, with whom I am quite familiar. Dick Marple uh, is his name, and um, yeah. Dick is not a young man, by the way. So this, uh, you know, his uh, his activism will not continue ad infinitum. But uh, yeah, I mean, Dick puts in very interesting bills. They never make it, but it's they're interesting. Yeah. yeah. Well, of course, because the economic impact of that bill would cost the state, you know, many millions of dollars in revenue. Right. So so that just shows us that legislators aren't concerned about the freedom of the people or their obligation to their oaths of office, if they even have one to the Constitution. But, you know, it's all about money. It's a business. Government is a business. That's what people have to understand. It's a business. Indeed it is. We We are the customers. If you've uh, enticed people here, and I'm sure you've enticed many, you certainly have enticed me, uh, where can we go and what do we, what can we expect to see there once we get there? Well, uh, again, I would refer people to our uh, YouTube channel, Lighthouse Law Club, and uh, in the uh, you know descriptions, there's plenty of links back to our website, which you can also find at lighthouselaw.club. Lighthouselaw.club is our website, and... Uh, 
Uh, we've got, I don't know, about 15 different websites and places to find webinars, on, online workshops, all, all kinds of good information. But, uh, yeah, YouTube is the best place to start. Lighthouse Log Club. Yeah, it's a, it's a good place to start doing your research. And it's easy to consume there. You've got uh, good videos and the sound quality is pretty good on most of them. So go to YouTube.com, search Lighthouse Law Club. Mark Emery, thank you. My pleasure. Keep up the good work. I want to tell you about my favorite cryptocurrency wallet, Edge Wallet at Edge.app. Edge is the wallet I use more than any other, and that was true long before Edge Wallet became a sponsor of Free Talk Live. Edge Wallet allows you to buy, sell, trade, and securely hold your cryptocurrencies, including Bitcoin, Ethereum, tokens, Monero, Ripple, Dash, Bitcoin Cash, and more. It's available for both Android and iOS, and you can download it via the Play or App Store or via Edge Wallet's website, Edge.app. Secure your freedom with Edge Wallet. 